Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I'm the Gnarly Gnome. This is Cincy Brewcast. It's the voice of Cincy Craft. I keep saying that one of these episodes is just going to be free of technical difficulties. And I guess maybe to you guys as listeners, it is. But there's like some kind of weird sound in our headphones right now. Uh, I forgot tripods, so cameras are just sitting in weird places. It's it's chaos. It's always <laughs> chaos. One of these days, I'm going to figure this whole podcasting thing out. Uh, Michael, welcome back to the show. Uh, we are hanging out down at Adina Distributing. Uh, if you're a regular listener to the show, you're familiar, hopefully, with what this place is in the grand scheme of... Um, Cincinnati beer. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're new to the show, uh, give people a quick rundown. Who are you in the in the grand scheme of Cincinnati beer distributing? Yeah, we are the newest craft distributor by a couple decades, actually, <laughs> in in Cincinnati. Yeah, we um, right. I mean, especially right now. I mean, there's very few distributors that have come about since we've opened up four uh, years ago. Yeah. Uh, you guys are uh, in, in my, the way I think about it in my head, uh, mm-hmm. and this is not to take away from some of the other people that are around. I, you know, I, I, I buy a lot of other beer from other distributors, so I respect all of them in the, in different ways, but you guys are the more, um, I don't want to, I don't want to call you guys the craft distributor because I know that that opens up a whole other can of worms, but you do things if you if we relate to distributors to breweries yeah uh you do things in a in a way more kind of on par with kind of how a craft brewery would do things versus a bigger older brewery yeah um you 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 it, it's the more again I, craft is the only thing i can think of to come <laughs> well i mean there's a lot of analogies between the way i mean that's i mean locally we have much more in common with craft breweries that have because we opened up only four years ago, a lot that our start date is similar to most breweries around you know 2018. Um, our uh, you know size basically is you know we're bigger than and you know what our distribution reach than most breweries, but you know as far as like our business size because we don't have a tap room or anything like that, we end up usually being the size of like a decent. Uh, local craft brewery, and then you know, I mean, just basically just mindset. Yeah, think of the soul of it too, like the yeah. the idea, just that that feeling behind the the business versus other ones. It's is very different, and I know that there's uh, there are plenty of people that go with a bigger distributor for lots of yeah. lots of different reasons. It's mm-hmm. all valid reasons, but um, when you you know, it's it's one thing to walk in and have somebody you know kind of wine you and dine you and kind of uh, do this whole other game that that is part of the distributor game sometimes uh versus walking in and somebody like man i i freaking love your beer i i i sat in your tap room or i i would sit in your tap room like yeah. this is a place that i i, I want it here in town I, I want to drink this beer i want to be able to go to the store and get it i want to go to be able to the local bar down the street from my house and get your beer like i i feel this thing like it's very very different. And mm-hmm. uh, again, not to take away from the other breweries or the other distributors. I'm sure that uh, there are people that work at all of them that have that mindset, but it's definitely true. As a, I've, I've worked as a, at a business, few as yeah. a business, there's something from the ground up about this place that just feels right as a craft beer fan uh, for me. And that, and that was, the, I mean, when we started, that was kind of what we were going for that, the innovation that it was going on and the brewery side was not happening on the distribution side. I'm sure I've said it on the show a couple times, you know, that that's basically what we felt distribution needed. You had new retailers opening up that were different than the 
people who were selling craft beer before. Um, you had places that were starting to sell craft beer that never had sold it before. Right. And you had obviously lots of breweries that were popping up and we're like, why aren't there new distributors popping up? Well, yeah, cause and, I mean, there's, it, as things have changed and as there have become more and more and more breweries around, like it is, mm -hmm. uh, there's, there's, it's harder for some breweries to get into the state to find somebody that's willing to, to carry their beer. Yeah. It's harder for small breweries to find a place that kind of understands who they are and what they do contribute to the, uh, to the Cincinnati beer scene. So like it, it uh, there's, <laughs> I would go as far to say that there's probably room for, uh, way more younger, smaller kind of distributors versus the, Big, bigger. I'm, I'm going to get myself in trouble. But somebody's no. going to send me an email. I, I think that <laughs> I think what you're saying is what we what we thought. In that you know, I, looking at it, I mean, distribution is super competitive. They're not friendly with each other like breweries are. Um, not to say we're completely nasty to each other. Right. You know, I see another guy who you know I see people I've worked with um, all the time, and we like to be friendly. But it's not you know like I don't go to Heidelberg down the street and say like, hey, can I get Yes. <laughs> hey, can you print some posters <laughs> off for me? Right. You know, like they, we don't share ingredients the way breweries do. We don't all, I mean, and especially because, I mean, you know, especially with us being as new as we are, it's taken people a little bit of time to kind of realize that we're the real deal. And we actually, it is know, also have, a, have a real building and, <laughs> and really deliver beer. And, it is know. also a different business though. You talk about mm -hmm. craft breweries and it's like, if you're, if you're a new brewery and you're, you're starting up and you're making great beer and you walk over and you, you go to some kind of event and uh Madry is there and Madry's yeah. hanging out and like, uh, of course they're going to be friendly to you. Like you mm -hmm. aren't hurting them at all. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, there's an, there's an argument there, but um, like, like they don't care if you're also making great beer in the city. They want you to be making right. great beer in the city and the distribution game. It's like if Firestone Walker wants to come into Cincinnati mm -hmm. and uh, they're talking to all the distributors, yeah, they're only picking one of you guys. Yes, yeah. you know? they can only pick one per <laughs> so, one per county. Yeah, so like it's uh, one and there's there's mm -hmm. a whole thing there too. But uh, you know, like it, there's gotta be some kind of competition on that side from distributor to distributor yeah. versus from brewery to brewery. I mean, yeah, you could you could say, oh, there's only so many tap handles and you're competing, and like there's there no, is something that, on the yeah. brewery side. And I mean, I think the brewery, yeah, I think the breweries, whether they know it or not, whether they want to admit it or not. They, I mean, they are competing with each other, and I think that I don't think they know it yet. Yeah, or I don't, I don't think they. they I don't think they have to know it yet. Like we're we're getting there, but I don't think we're there yet. Oh, I definitely think we're there. <laughs> that'll be that'll be a fun conversation <laughs> later. Um, but uh, no, I, I think that you know, but the, the other, it's a different kind of person who uh, works in distribution. You know, it's a lot of time for me. It was I liked beer a lot, right. and I just never thought it was going to be a career. But I mean, for me, it was just kind of I needed a steady job, and I started a. You know, when I was 25 years old, I started working as a merchandiser for Ohio Valley. So, you know, that was, and I was selling, you know, Colt 45. I was selling Mike's Hard Lemonade. <laughs> I was selling Smutty Nose, Oma Gang, a lot of great stuff too. But, you know, and it depended on the route that I had. But, uh, you know, it was just, it was just a job. And then... I think that you didn't feel the passion for Colt 45 that you do for some of the stuff you're carrying now. Well, I mean, it was fun to sell, but yeah, I mean, definitely. But I mean, like the, I didn't feel when I started there, I wasn't like I started there because I thought they had a phenomenal book and there was a lot of great craft beer in there, but it was mostly, I mean, I, w I never wasn't, that wasn't what I was, when I went into interview there, I wasn't thinking, okay, here's where I'm going to start a 10 year career, right, right, 11 year right. career where I start a business. 
I just kind of thought like, I need, you know, I'm about to go off my parents' health insurance, you know, let's, let's check this out. I need to do something. (laughs) Um, So yeah, I mean, it was basically, um, and I think that, you know, running a distributor, there's not, there's the romances. I mean, you can look around here. I mean, there's some fun stuff, but I mean, we're not, it's not like you're, we're not in a a tap room, you know, it's not that we're, you know, we're not smelling hops and, and, and brewing beer and stuff like that. It's, it's a little, it's a lot more, you know, I'm looking at Excel spreadsheets and I know they do too, but basically it's, it's, it's a little less sexy. And and I think that nobody quits their, you know, six figure corporate job to start a distributorship, <laughs> you know, not, not many people, you know, it's, you well, know, they, it's not like, it's not like, it's not like there's like, and I think that's one of the reasons why I think we've been able to succeed is that this, you know, this isn't something that I just did because I was bored. You know, it was something I did because I thought it was a good, you know, career move. You're, you're picking a piece of the craft beer puzzle out. I mean, like, you know, I, mm-hmm. I get this, I think I can do this. And, and I'm, I, this is where I'm going to focus my time yeah. and my energy versus uh, man. I like beer. I'm going to do beer and yeah. then just not knowing kind of where that is. And there's, I, I think that that maybe, uh, maybe that's, that's the downfall of a lot of, uh, I will say a lot of the, the downfall of some of those kind of modern craft breweries that you see start up that then fizzle out after a couple of years mm-hmm. Because somebody loves beer, and so yes. they get into beer, not really understanding where their strengths are and when where where they really or, should or be how focusing the their works. efforts or what you know what the realistic um, profit and loss is for you know a brewery like that, and and the effect of you know so many entrants into that market. Right. I think that I mean that's probably where you're looking at people being friendly to each other. I mean, it was almost. I think that the, a big difference is because maybe for me, this is just not just a job. I mean, obviously it takes a lot of passion to run a business, but sure. for me, it was, it's just a little bit less of a, um, and I think for a lot of the, most of the people working at these distributors, it's, I mean, they don't own the business. So it really is just, it really is just a job for them. And they could be, a lot of these people could go to selling toilet paper right. the next week and be totally fine with it. Whereas, you know, people working at breweries, it is a little bit more passion driven. Now, there's a lot of passionate people at distributors too, and I, I was one of them. Um, but at the end of the day, it is a little bit more. That percentage know, is, yeah. is different. Like when you walk into uh, the your average distributor versus your average brewery, the people that, uh, no matter who you find in a craft brewery doing whatever job you find them doing, they just really love being there and they really love this thing. Whereas mm-hmm. with distributors, maybe it's not that way. It's, yeah, it's, I mean, but I think that like everyone also. I mean, I'll just say that some people start breweries because they think it's going to be cool, but like, you know, you don't become a district manager of a distributor because you think it's going to be cool. So it's just a little bit of a more professional mindset, I guess. Um, And so that's, I think that's a big difference. I mean, you're you're talking about, there are four licensed distributors, I think, to sell beer in the state or the, in Hamilton County. Right. You know, there's 51 uh, licenses to brew in Hamilton County. Right. So it's a, it's just a, it's a lot different. Right. <laughs> and it, you know, and that's, you know, a lot of this are owned by the same, not the same, but you know, not all of them are, it's not 51 individual companies, but it, it does show how different the, uh, the scene is. Well, I and what I think is, uh, we'll call it interesting is that mm-hmm. when you look at uh, the distributor business, the majority of people that own those companies are not necessarily 
they're not beer people. Like they're, I mean, they, they are because they're in the business, but like they're not people that are like, man, I just, I really love, I love the craft of beer. I love the art of beer. I love, I love beer for what it is. I mean, yeah, we're so not guys, talking uh, about that many people to be honest. Like, right. you know, so it's, I, I didn't, I don't know many of them. Um, I know some of them and I think there is some passion there depending on the, the kind of distributor, but at the end of the day, we're just not, it's just not that many people versus who the, are the owners but versus the breweries. Like you look at a brewery, like to, to, uh, for the most part, I mean, we're starting to hit that, that world where we're starting to get some of those other people in it. But, uh, like if you're starting a craft brewery and, you know, in Cincinnati, like you, you like beer to, yeah. to some strong degree Definitely. <laughs> for, the, for the most Definitely. part. I mean, again, and I mean, there's, I, and I there's like, an argument there. That I like there are beer to a strong degree. Trust me. <laughs> um, just my approach to the business is, I think just by necessity and by, I mean, having been in the industry for 10 years and it's been, you know, all 10 of those years, you know, I really have to you know, we had to produce results and have to, sure. have to, it's just a little bit different. And I don't want to downplay the business aspect. I mean, cause there's a lot of very competent people working in, in, in Cincinnati breweries, people I look up to people I look to advice right. for and, and stuff like that. Um, so I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to go too far in saying we're, we're, so, I think you're right to say that we're similar to kind of what they're doing. And the distributors in general maybe do have a little bit less of that kind of, hey, this is all a fun hobby that we've just picked up. A, a little bit. And like, yeah. I, I don't want to say that there aren't those people in other local distributors or distributors yeah. around here. I mean, like, I, you know, we, I, I love uh, John Bent down in Northern Kentucky. Mm-hmm. I think he is a great dude and he has a passion for, for beer. And he like, he's, he's been on the show. Like he's, he's one of those guys that mm-hmm. I can always point to that's at a little, a, a, a bigger kind of distributor. Yeah. And, uh, it's a good guy that like, you know, and, and there are other people like that around that, uh, haven't been on the show, but if you want to come on the show, let me let me know. Yeah, no, there's let's, a lot let's, of good, there's let's drink a, a beer. Juice. Let's do it. From the beer. Um, you you poured me something. I don't know what it is. It is Old Crisby from uh, Bramari. Oh, from Asheville. Yeah. So uh, these guys have been um, kind of creating a little bit of a ruckus in town for a long time, even before we could get their beer here. Yeah. And uh, you guys were lucky enough to be the ones to bring them into town. No, that was pretty great. Uh-huh. Yeah, we we've done pretty well with these guys. Um, we've uh, they do a ton of different beer. Neon Ghost and Lorelei are their main IPAs. This is part of a rotating series they do with lagers. This is, I think, basically supposed to be a very light American lager, uh, premium American lager is what they say. And uh, you can tell it's very clear. Yeah, it still doesn't. It's not like overly um, adjuncty and kind of uh, Americanized. Mm-hmm. It's. I mean, it's still it's a good lager. You still taste it. You can still tell it's a beer. It's it's delicious. I um, they were one of those places that uh, I, I feel like I still haven't gotten to uh, really appreciate what they are going down there. The the only time I've been into that brewery, it was like the last brewery of the night. So it was already oh, geez, like yeah. late. They had stopped serving food already. It was just, just a bunch of drunk people hanging out in the tap room. And it was just, the beer was great, but like I, I missed like the, the daytime side and yeah, no, they, got, they have great food, seem to great be as beer. excited as I was to get there, I guess. <laughs> I actually haven't been down since we last signed them. So, but I've, I've been there a couple of times and it is a fun place. They were, uh, they recently, I drank a bunch of their beer cause they were up here doing a, a beer dinner up at high grain mm-hmm. and, uh, I drank some really, really great stuff from them, um, at that. And, 
uh, got me really excited again about that idea of trying to get down there and, and sit down and actually have dinner there. They they were one of those places that started out, and, and I don't know enough about Asheville to kind of to, to say this, but I'll say it anyways, that they were one of those first places there that really kind of focused as heavily on their food program as they were the beer, um, similar to what like, a high grain or a nine giant yeah. place up here kind of really pushed that hard. Um, which is something that I, I wish more places would would do and appreciate because the, the two obviously go so well together, food and beer. Yeah, definitely. It is always interesting. I mean, I, I don't think that's true. I think that, I mean, Asheville. I'm, I'm sure. Of, yeah. sure but, but I'll say it anyway. I'll make it a I, fact. Well, I mean, I remember, <laughs> I mean, there's. I mean, the Highland have, yeah. <laughs> there was, but yeah, I, um, they definitely have phenomenal food and it is uh, definitely one of those more elevated places yeah. when you go there uh, for sure. And it is nice too because the brewery is just right there as well. If you ever go in, like the actual brew system is set up, still integral to right. what's actually going on, which is nice because it's nice to be reminded that you're at a place that produces. Do they beer. have more than one? They have another location in a different city, right? Like they have like uh, a Raleigh or something going on. Am I, I making think they that up? Just I don't know. I really, uh, I really cannot comment, unfortunately. Man, now I'm curious. I I, I should have done. Might be Charlotte, might be Charlotte, but I might be wrong. Charlotte would make sense, but I feel like they have another another brewery, and I'm curious to see what that place is like because it's uh, especially on the Asheville side. Like you, I really should, become, I really should you become, this, yeah. you become I, I, I'm not sure if they do have another location. I th- either there's one maybe in the planning stages. That or sounds familiar, but that uh, I only it's only sticking out my head because I was doing a bunch of research. When they were here for the that uh, high grain dinner, they they do have something that is described as something. They are opening a Charlotte location. Um, I think that is it. I would be curious to to see what they do with that though, because um, you know we we've seen it too with some places here, or you know uh, maybe we'll we'll say out of town, out of town places where <laughs> that first brewery, like they capture. Mm-hmm. And we, we talked about this when we were down at darkness yeah. a couple of weeks ago, where we talk about that soul of what that place is. And then mm-hmm. you go that next step into another tap room or whatever it may be. And like, how do you, how do you take that and, and give it its own soul, but then also uh, kind of pay homage to your, your original spot. And like, that's really hard for some places to do. I think that's definitely the case. And I think that, you know, it, it's kind of funny how branded saloons, essentially, if we want to go to the pre-prohibition language, <laughs> um, are returning. We're not supposed yeah. to give, we're not supposed to compare those, are we? <laughs> yeah, like this is how you got prohibition. <laughs> but yeah, um, no, it, it it is kind of funny how that's kind of come back and nobody's really, there's no one's made a fuss out of like <laughs> just nobody obvious like you know, I don't. I don't know what the. I don't know what the Charlotte location for Bramari is, and and I don't. It's sometimes it's just. I think that the most common thing though, is that it is just a fairly boring copy of. So hopefully it is, isn't in this specific case, but at some point, I mean, usually it is just kind of a fairly boring copy of like you know the branding and stuff. I mean, I think we can think of people who've come from out of town sure. coming here have you know. I complete. I mean, just it seems like that's the most common. You know, I think that there's not usually a strong reason for a brewery to open a second location in 
that city. And then it really does have to be, and I do think Bramari is this kind of beer because we've seen this kind of place. We've seen their success up here. But it takes, you know, for a brewery to come from out of town to open a spot. I mean, they really do also have to be a, a fairly special brewery to, to really make that make sense. It's well, and to, 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 to become, especially when you're talking about moving into a new city, it becomes, you have to give that city a reason to fall in love with you and to want to go there and to, to welcome you yeah. into their city. I, I, it's very, it's very, I mean, it's different though. Like I, I'll, I'll say like a second location in the same city that is, uh, well, we'll say Bramari. We'll, we'll mm-hmm. use them as the example. If if they're opening a second location and they're like, oh, we're going to do it here in Nashville again. We're going to do mm-hmm. another location in Nashville. Like you could go like a, like an actual, like more restauranty kind of feel. Like you don't have to brew on site there. Like lean into the food even heavier and make yeah. it a, make it a food place. And like it, it could work that way. Now you walk into a new city you open up a restaurant that's a Bramari restaurant and like nobody understands, like then it won't make sense. I think that, you know, I mean, it is, a, I, I think that with them, I mean, they really are a unique enough brewery that, you know, going from a small college slash tourist town to going to a major <laughs> What is metro. Is it college? Yeah. <laughs> is it tourist? Is it? <laughs> well, I mean, there is, it's both. I mean, <laughs> there, it, it's tourist. Uh, they have a mount, college. Mountain yeah. folk. Do we call them yeah. mountain folk? Is that a thing? I don't want to call them uh, hillbillies, but uh, mountain folk. <laughs> yeah. I, I, it's their own unique blend, I think. And um, I can say hillbillies. I'm from West Virginia. That's fine. But I, I, <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I mean, I think w- what makes Asheville unique is kind of, it's a unique combo of people for right. sure. And, um, but it's a small town and going to a bigger city like Charlotte, I think makes sense. Um, because I mean, there's sure plenty of people. So, I mean, but when it comes, but if I'm kind of pulling back a little bit and you're looking at the big picture, we already have over, you know, and this is, we already have almost 10,000, if not more than 10,000 breweries. I mean, are multiple locations of, of these breweries really? I mean, are they really in the? Are they really something that the people are clamoring for? Because I, I don't believe that's the case it, at all. It depends. Like it depends so much. Like I, I, you can look at some places that are able to do something that is different. Like it's yes, it's the same brewery, but are we offering something different with this next spot? Like something that makes people, especially when you're talking about in the same city. Like different cities is a whole. But I mean, how like, many permutations of, uh, I mean, again, if we're saying that we're almost, we're, I mean, I would say there's we're a, there's clearly gotta be a, maxed out. On, no, there's got to be a line though. Like, like if, if Sierra Nevada or, well, I mean, we'll say a couple of years ago when, uh, and, and this is a terrible example because of how things have gone since then, mm-hmm. but when Stone was looking yeah. for an East Coast uh, location and they were talking about some Virginia and Ohio and like it was all in the running and mm-hmm. like, that idea that there could have been a Stone I mean, I look at it now and I'm like, well, thank God, you know, mm-hmm. but, but the, the idea that there could have been a stone brewery in this region is exciting. You know, like yes. it's that something like that is, is great. You know, when Sierra Nevada went into Asheville, like it was great for Asheville. That was yeah. a good thing. New Belgium, you know, so, yes. so but those are real manufacturing <laughs> facilities sure. that, that, that are, that have very nice, well-curated tap. Uh, tap room areas that you can go to restaurants. Something different. Yeah, but I mean, like, that's not well, what we're talking about is, I mean, they're just... You don't think a uh, a, uh, a shipping container in Newport with some taps <laughs> on it is uh, a good I mean, that's that, almost like an other location. direction. That's almost in the other direction, though, where it's like, that's, like, almost harmless. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Like, you know it's what I mean? embarrassing like, is what it is. You think so? Uh, yes. 
I, I do like that. The kind of the box park thing. Yeah. Like if, if coupled with that, uh, and, and I love West sixth, I mm-hmm. think that I've, I've been down there. I think it's great. The, the farm is incredible. Like it's this really cool thing that they're doing. Yeah. Instead of investing in the community in the way that I think a brewery should, they just literally stuck taps in a shipping container. Yeah. I, I, it's a joke. Yeah. I, I, but I mean like, that's not, that big a deal I don't like I feel like that's almost like on the other direction like where okay. it's like so small so meaningless so you're thinking like, more of like the high wire side where somebody's opening a, a I mean I, I think it's like basically anytime you're dropping these very expensive tap rooms into uh, places that already have their own ecosystem and whether it's from out of town or from the next neighborhood or wherever I mean I think it is um unwelcome dilution of I don't want to be like this, I'm so this torn be, on it I'm so torn on it I, I like I that, I you're looking at the broader picture like where does it I mean I get why they're doing it I don't get why anyone else should be jumping for joy at these new locations that keep popping up um, because I just I think that when you look at the health of the industry right now it 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 is already buckling in, you know, some people would say has buckled under the weight of, you know, just an enormity of not just the amount of licenses out there, but the amount of investment that's gone into these places that are not being, is not going to be recouped from selling beer. So is there, is there more of an importance than though, like if you're one of those places that can invest in a community and open up a tap room that actually is something real. Well, we'll say Sam Adams. When yeah. Sam Adams opened the Cincinnati tap room, their little, what is it, a three barrel system, yeah. a two barrel system down there in Finley Market. They didn't, that. Is that in, fin, is that in Finley Market? It's right outside. Yeah, well, it's yeah, right yeah. there. Yeah, I mean, you can, you can the, the, I'm I got, sorry. Yeah, I drive by it. I it's, throw, not, it's not far from here. Yeah. I could throw a football to Finley Market from the tap room, and I can't throw a football very well. <laughs> um, but like, that's, that's one of those. Examples maybe of something that didn't need to exist, that for the for the company probably didn't need to exist. That's interesting. But I mean, they're already producing. They're they're already making more beer than every other brewery combined in the city of Cincinnati. So on the one hand, why not? Right. But 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 I I love that that tap room is there. Right. Uh, If if you know Miller up in Trenton is is kind of the other side of that spectrum. If Miller opened up a tap room in. I mean, Finley Market. There's a fundamental be difference between the Trenton Miller plant and the the Hootapool shaling plant that now makes uh, Saint Matt. Sure, sure. <laughs> but I, I can't think of another big brewery that'll be a good example. I mean, there isn't one, and I think um, no. I mean, I think that yes, the Sam Adams thing, you know, it, that at least you know they already have a major presence. Perhaps you could argue that they were too slow in making a uh, customer. Yeah, I mean, I think a customer. I, I sold their beer for three years and never went into the yeah. into that building. So. Um, yeah, I think it's, it's kind of, they, you know, they're the Boston beer company and they didn't, they're, they're since they were just a little bit, little bit, hesitant. you know, it's, you know, it's cool. And we're, we're mm-hmm. already way down a different, yeah. we're a half hour into the show. We, we're already <laughs> off, <laughs> but you know, you, you, that mural that they painted on the side mm-hmm. of the building now, like there's not a single Sam Adams logo in that mural. I didn't know like that. there's, there's a picture of Jim Cook, of course, yeah. but, and, and you know, his dad and his grandpa, and I think his I think his mom or somebody might be on there. Like there's, mm-hmm. you know, like there's definitely, it's definitely there, but like 
doesn't say Sam Adams anywhere. It's it's got all kinds of other Cincinnati breweries mentioned in there, but it's there's not a single thing about Sam Adams. That makes me feel good. Yeah. Like that makes me appreciate even more the fact that they're here and like it, it, you know, we could do a whole we can do a whole uh uh You gotta get Jim <laughs> Cook on the show. He's been on the show very briefly. Oh, there you go. Very briefly. Mm-hmm. It was like he when they opened the tap room, right? Yeah, yeah. like three minutes that he sat and talked to me, but I, I love that guy. He's great. Let's, Let's drink another beer. beer. This is Liquid Sword 2.0 from Listerman. It's one of their uh, early rap-themed um, IPAs that they made. I just did a shitty pour. That's all right. I forgot that this is on video. That's all right. Well, I will specifically cut this part for some kind of a TikTok <laughs> or something. Oh, man. Sorry. I got a great pour. <laughs> <laughs> Just it's a nice, a nice head retention there. So this is their one of their uh, IPAs that they did. Um, this like, is actually we got this in Croker, believe it or not. I um, like that they have started to actually write things on the can again and tell mm-hmm. you about the beer. Uh, this is a uh, wielding like a sword mm-hmm. uh, mosaic and amarillo hops. Our beer Samurais attacked this brew with tons of flavor, aromas of pineapple, mango, and citrus. Impact the palate like a roundhouse kick. From a black belt, protect your neck, choose the sword. Yep. That sounds intense. Mm-hmm. It smells light and fruity and uh, everything you want out of, uh, I was going to say everything you want out of a Listerman IPA, but mm-hmm. maybe that'll make some people mad that uh, they want the other side of IPAs too. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, uh, that's always a fun, a fun, you know, with what they've been able to do to kind of, you know, Listerman's been a, a very long tenured uh, brewery in in Cincinnati, very important brewery yeah. to the Cincinnati beer scene. And um, you know, this late there, the latest team that uh, is is running them right now is you know they're making um, a lot of different kind of beers. We get a lot. Of, the other beer we got with this, I think, was You're So Amber, which was an amber lager collab with. Um, uh, windmill, which ended up yeah, winning yeah. a gold medal for Amber Lager. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, so. that's and there's there is something about uh, Listerman in that regard that like this this idea that you know when they release stuff like you get stuff like this that I know mm-hmm. is uh, there are some people that just absolutely love stuff like this. And yeah. they, you know the the New England IPAs and the uh, the rotating kind of stuff and that, that something new every, you know, month or whatever it may be. And then there's other people that just completely rebel against that, you know, screw that stuff. Like, that's not what I want for my beer. I want, you know, just, I just want a core lager that's over. And then mm. like <laughs> Listerman finds this way uh, in something that I think is really, really beautiful and hard to do of hitting both of those things. And I, uh, it's maybe so hard to do that sometimes they do it better than others. And sometimes I think they struggle with it. Uh, for sure. Um, I mean, yeah. So Chacao and Nutcase are kind of their two cores. We sell them year round. Right. Um, we sell their two top 10 SKUs for us. Um, SKUs being um, what we call brands. Yeah. Uh, but uh, the, um, Basically, I mean, you're right. I mean, they they do kind of, because they've been around for so long, and they've kind of are still small enough to be, you know, they don't go all the way in one direction. They have lots of, you know, they they try to cater. They got their barrel age stuff that they do, 
They have, um, you know, the, the, the Porter and the, and the, the hazelnut stout that they have, um, or I guess we call it a, it's a brown ale, Imperial brown ale, Chacao. Yeah. It's Imperial hazelnut brown ale. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. And, and, and you know, and some of those are, you know, kind of stayed in comparison to some of the other stuff they've been famous for, you know, starting about five or six years ago. Um, and have kind of continued. I mean, they've always been an experimental stuff, but they really kind of became more in tune with national trends. And uh, I wonder if we're picking up that pallet it's jack. Okay. It'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> this is a real warehouse. We are really, it is, it is really working. Um, but the, uh, so, I mean, yeah, it's definitely a delicate dance and it's enough, you know, I, their general manager, John Volman, uh, I knew him from before um, when we were both working at distributors. And so we're able to kind of confer and talk about what, you know, that just about that balance. We don't always agree, but, um, well, you know, yeah, it's... That, that, that's part of what makes it yeah. work, though, mm-hmm. is especially. And that's what I think kind of probably makes it hard in a place like that, is that there are these very different sides of that personality. And, like, people probably shouldn't always agree with what should be next or how, you know, how that kind nope. of moves through. But that makes it really hard to kind of figure it out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there I, should be an it should be a constant argument in a place like that. Like you should have well. somebody <laughs> should be a comfortable yeah. constant argument that like there there should be somebody that's always like no we need we need more lager we need more traditional we need more maybe yeah. we need more smoke here like that that should be part of the argument always and then there should be somebody else that's like no no we need you know this this next thing that's this hype kind of mm-hmm. beer, this, this other side of what Listerman is. And like, it should always be this back and forth ping pong between those two. But I think you bring up a good point because, um, I feel like we, maybe I even talked about this before at some point, but like the idea that like the entire beer industry is being taken over by uh slushy slurry <laughs> milkshakes out. It's like, that's fucking it's like, that's all like, you know, just, it's, it's, it's not true because it's, I mean, if, if, if it was, we would be selling it. All no, the it's time. not, yeah. it's not true. It's not true at all. But but it's but it's strange when I when I sit down at the bar at Wooden Cask mm-hmm. and there's a slushy machine. <laughs> like that is that is strange. Wait, really? <laughs> I think he's got a slushy machine there. Wooden Cask. Well, this is probably for like cocktails or something like that. Something, but like it's yeah. still strange to see it. That's a different. But that's a different thing. <sighs> that's it. It's, because it's, it's a different thing, but it's the same thing. <laughs> well, I mean, it's not. If, if, it's, he, if he's brewing a beer yeah. to put in a slushy machine, that is way different than if like they're a doing a cocktail or something. Or something. Yeah, that's yeah, probably okay. what it is. I mean, we, you know, there are places that do have, that we sell beer that they put into a slushy machine. Um, that does happen. But I mean, like by and large, and we're the smallest fucking distributor in Cincinnati. I'm not, I'm not saying they, that it's yeah. wrong. <laughs> Just no, no, no. saying that it's, I, it's, it's, I'm sitting there at the bar and I'm like, oh, it's here too. Like it's just everywhere. Like you. Just I mean, can't, that's. Well, I think that. I mean, you that can't get away them. from it. Maybe. Well, that's. But I think. I mean, okay. If the slushy things hit, if wooden cask is putting beer in a slushy machine, that would that would shock me. Um, that it, would. He might. It might. They're they're actually probably the perfect example, and I I could be wrong on mm-hmm. this. That would have a slushy machine and be like, all right, no beers go in this. It's mm-hmm. just for cider or for wine or for some kind of cocktail. We'll have to ask Randy <laughs> about this. I'm, I'm guessing because they do have a pretty strong program, bourbon program, and that's another thing we can talk about. You know, breweries having on premise sure. things that aren't beer. Um, but you know, ultimately, when we're talking about these, I mean, that is, I mean, we're going to try, there's two beers that fit this description that we are going to try because they're good. But this is not even a large part of what we sell. Right. Um, to say nothing of the other f- four distributors 
what how much they sell. I mean, even hazy IPAs. People like West Coast IPAs coming back. Like non-hazy IPAs have always been a larger part of craft beer. There's never been a year that it outsold. What is that? What is that breakdown like on shelves? Do you know that? Like just oh, how no, many no, no, are, no. are? But I think most of the time, anytime you see like most, I mean, think, Truth is a great example. Psychopathy, like yeah. those outsell probably individually at least Truth, but you know. Those outsell every hazy brood in Cincinnati combined, right. I would say. So just one brand. Um, I mean, that, and there's many, 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 many other IPAs that are out there that are not hazy that are on shelves too. Well, and meanwhile, don't let's not forget that Bud Light still outsells all of this. <laughs> right. I mean, we can, yeah. <laughs> Almost 10 to 1. I don't think it's 10 to 1 anymore. It's probably like probably like 7 to 1, Mel. No, no, maybe. Outsells. Like Bud, crap, Light. Bud Light selling versus oh, I think it's pretty close. I think Bud Light's about one to one right now. I think really, no, maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe it's like two. I have to look at it. But it's like okay. It so would but, be but, between, if I, but if I go, market, but go yeah. Bud Light, Miller Light, like all of those. Oh brand, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, probably yeah. like seven. No Bud Light, seven. Bud Light alone at its. I think it was it was pretty high, but I mean, like I think it's probably off its high, and I think craft beer. I, I really, I should know off the top of my head. One, I don't, but it's, it's, it's within, it's not two or three times more. At one time, Bud Light was, you know, nine out of every 10 beers sold in the country was, was Bud Light, but I don't, I, it's, that's not true. It, it, it was, <laughs> that's, that's nine out of every 10. That's what I heard. That's, like I think Budweiser, I the AB InBev has never had a 90% market share. You don't think so? No, not even close. I so, so Miller and Coors had less than 10% market share? There's no swear fucking that I read that stat somewhere. It might be, it could be in a, it, you'd have to look, it has to be something more specific. Like I'm going to say, nine out of every 10. I'm going to say that I'm going to put it in the show notes, but I probably won't. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think, I think AB, I, I, I'd have to look, I don't think AB ever. You don't think like in the nineties? There is no way that Miller and Coors had less than 10% market share hmm. individually. Yeah, I mean, that, say nothing that, of, that does, that would be incredibly small. And it could, because you'd have to, I mean. Because then, what would Budweiser have? I mean, well, yeah, <laughs> but, man, I'm no. All right, um, it's not. It's, it's not even close. It's, it's, it, but um, we really did get off track. Um, oh yeah, talking about uh, all these goofy adjuncty beers. That I mean, like you look at if you look at tap lists, I would say ninety five percent of bars right now do not have a beer that has lactose in it unless it's um, Breckenridge, Vanilla Porter, and uh, Left End Milk Stout. I think that other than that, you're probably not getting, there's probably no beer. It's, it's very uncommon. And right. you're talking about, like, I mean, that doesn't have, doesn't have a single one. Um, I mean, I think that if you look at what, what it's just, and it, it just, it's, I feel like it's overrepresented as a scapegoat for why craft beer is quote unquote right. dying. Like, don't get mad at someone because they like children's cereal. In a, in a beer, like, you know, fucking get mad at someone that they, you know, who gave doesn't you a, like you know. Lucky Charms. <laughs> it's actually funny. I think I can talk about it. We're we, uh, we're talking to an Irish brewery. Uh, just a quick aside, we're talking to an Irish brewery that um, did. You a, didn't ask them if they had something with Lucky Charms. Did no, you? they do. Okay, okay, they do have something. Well, that's fine if they do, yeah. but you can't ask them that. No, no, no. no. It's hysterical because <laughs> the you can't in the Republic of Ireland you cannot buy Lucky Charms. So they had to import Lucky Charms. 
<laughs> so they can put it Welcome to craft beer in 2022. No, but I mean, that's what I'm talking about, though. Like, I mean, it's like, it's a funny thing that they did. It's not like their main business model. And this is one, and this is one brewery. I mean, I, craft breweries have a lot of trends that are, I think, damaging. I think we talked about one with the, with the opening new locations for little to no reason outside of dreams of financial gain. But, um, I mean, I think that I feel like people, I feel like those beers aren't even that big a deal now than they were two or three years ago. They, but it's, it goes back to that, like the internet, the, mm-hmm. the, the social media yeah. and like the, how loud some people are, mm-hmm. I think makes people think that things are, 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 are maybe bigger or more of a part of what's happening or about to happen than they really are. And I think that that's, if I can have a little people. bit of conjecture, well, I think that people who breweries that do this do are, you know, you're talking about, you know, I think Listerman get used to get like stereotypes as being a brewery that does that. Yeah. I mean, they, we have one beer that they do put children's cereal in and it is Lucky Charms and it is like hilarious. <laughs> But I mean, like, you know, we're talking about the stuff that we mostly get. I mean, mostly it's IPAs, right. Chacao, Nutcase, you know, different, a lot of traditional styles. I mean, that's, and that's the brewery that people stereotype as being right. the problem, you know? Um, a few, and there's probably four or five other breweries that ever even really do much of that stuff. And I mean, I think that the reason people get shit is because I think a lot of these breweries are realizing that the market's way more challenging than they thought it was. Right. And the people who are successful sometimes are doing goofy ass shit like that. Well, you can't. And I think that that kind of maybe I've, I mean, again, like, I don't know what the re- answer is to the, for those <laughs> people who are upset about that. But I mean, it's, you know, I don't, on, I don't think it's there. That's not the brew, the goofy, not the, not the customer's fault. And it's not the brewery's fault for. On one hand, like you can't, yeah. as a, as a brewery, you can't limit yourself. Like if you want to make a lucky charms beer, make a lucky charms beer. But then there's this other side of the spectrum of like, of of really knowing who you are as a brewery and not right. relying on trying to do something that's gimmicky just because it's gimmicky. Right. Like, but I mean, I think people there's gimmicks all the time that I don't. Well, think no, are, no yeah. gimmicks aren't yeah. bad as long as they are true to who you are right. and they're good. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you can you can be gimmicky and that's fun. Like mm-hmm. we we all love a freaking gimmick. Now we got to try one of these though. Which one do you want to start with? Something, what is more One of these goofy beers that make people upset. Okay, so uh, artwork-wise, this is definitely more gimmicky. <laughs> let's, let's go with this one first. All right, cool. We're going to go with Jelly Goza Jam, a mango pineapple passion fruit uh, from Burley Oak. This is a brewery out of Maryland we picked up. They've been tremendously successful. I don't think I've very... had any of their beer. Nah, that's great, though. That's always fun. So here we go. I feel like... I don't need to clean your glass up. No, you're fine. <laughs> I guess it's just your glass. No, you just got to learn how to pour beer, man. <laughs> I guess so. See, now look, mine's going to be perfect No, again. see, because video adds a whole other mm-hmm. aspect to it because nobody could have, nobody would have known. Yeah. It's <laughs> I like wouldn't I have said anything. Yeah, that would have been great. Um, um, I, But yeah, so you can see in mine, I mean, it's, it is a chunky beer. It is... Um, the aroma is absolutely killer. Yeah, no, it doesn't it doesn't smell gimmicky. Like this is on par with something that like a mm-hmm. uh, urban artifact would do or a place like that. Like it's it's, it's not it's, really. This is actually not particularly no, aroma wise. Yeah, like it's I, very fruit forward. Mm-hmm. There's a little bit of salt in there too, actually. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. There's. That's good. 
Yeah. So it's a, it is a nice Gozo. So this is actually. That's not gimmicky at all. Not at all. No. Like that's a it's straightforward, just like mm-hmm. fruited Goza kind of. Well, beer. it's over, it's over fruited. Um, it will, uh, I mean, explodes is a strong word, but it won't be <laughs> shelf stable outside of a, um, uh, refrigerated, uh, container. Um, not all of them blow up, but some of them do, depending. That's um, certainly not a traditional no. beer, but it, I, I wouldn't say that this is too far out of the... Uh, and it's actually really good. Out of the realm of what you expect like a, a fruited beer to be anyway. Yeah. Maybe that's crazy, too, even just saying that, that this is not that far out of the oh, realm yes, of what you, you know, expect just a fruited your typical beer. <laughs> mango, that is what pineapple, I passion fruit. Well, I almost said, like, well, you know, most of what we sell is Chacao and, and uh, you know, IPAs, Chacao and Nutcase for Listerman. I was like, wait. Those are like, not, you know, nutcase is, and they're both adjunct uh, beers, yeah. you know? Yeah. And uh, so, but I mean, again, it's not, uh, I think that's kind of the point though. I mean, some of the stuff, and this is a good beer, it's what people are looking for when you're, lo- I mean, it's very hard to compete with Urban Artifact in Cincinnati for fruited beers. And so we have to be very careful with what sours we bring in. And usually they're a little zanier than what right. Urban will do. But Yeah. That's a that's man. That's a that's a good conversation with <laughs> yeah. itself of how urban has kind of changed that market here mm-hmm. in Cincinnati. Well, it felt like you know back in like 2015, everyone had a quote unquote sour program, and then just around 2017, <laughs> 2018, everyone's like, never mind. <laughs> yes and no. Yeah. So like, yes, like I agree with exactly what you're saying, but then at the same time, the people that have focused on their sour programs, they may not be loud about it anymore. Mm-hmm. And Ryan Geist is a great example. Mm-hmm that their sour program is insane and they don't really talk about it that much. Like they don't, they don't make a big deal about it. They Mm -hmm. don't, they're not loud about it, but yet their sours are just as good as some of the stuff that's coming out of urban artifact, a narrow path, Mm -hmm. like incredible barrel aged sours coming out of there. And it's literally like two barrels at a time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, (laughs) That's, which is a whole different thing, but, Mm -hmm. but, but Ryan guys makes a whole bunch of sour beer, really good sour beer. Really? It, I, I, um, it's really, really good stuff. It just shows how, I mean, I just can't think of a, a big, uh, I mean, I'm asking for an example. I'm not, not, not questioning you. Yeah. Um, but what would, what would be some of those that, that they've come out with recently? Yeah, like, uh, I mean, I, I have to look up the names, but like mm-hmm. the, it's the Outer Reaches series. So Subliminal, okay, yeah. Subliminal Jam and um, that's the only one I can think of off the top of my head. I have to mm-hmm. look it up. No, 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 no. But I, they're good. Yeah, like, I mean, they're I think really, they, really yeah, good. I think that, they, I mean, Brian Geist is a, a fascinating they're all corked and caged, yeah. like mm-hmm. 500 milliliter bottles. One of the very few brew. Yeah, I, 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 I can see. I it can doesn't see make sense. It's stupid. Yeah. Like they don't need to do it. Yeah. No, but it's, they, it's but cool. they do. I mean, I, I think I, that, I like that. Yeah. That's definitely. Um, see, I just, I mean, I, I, it shows how, even though I'm, I still go out in the market every week, but you know, I didn't, I didn't realize that Ryan guys uh, had that kind of, uh, that kind of program. But I mean, I feel like generally though, I mean, you don't see as many uh, as many sours no. as you used to. People were getting ready to kind of like jump in on that and mm-hmm. uh, and and dedicate a portion portion of of who they are mm-hmm. to that side of things. And then Urban Artifacts came along and said, "Nope, this is this is who we are, and here's what it's supposed to be." <laughs> and yeah, you know, and, and I think it is. I mean, I think that also that people really the sour curious drinker kind of disappeared. And now I think you now have people who yeah. either are sour drinkers or aren't, you know, there's, right. there's, I don't think there's as many people who kind of float in and out. That's a man. I don't, 
That is a completely anecdotal armchair. No, but you're probably, of, but it's, yeah. it also depends what that sour is. Yeah. I think that might be true of craft beer in general though. And that people used to be a lot more yeah. adventurous and now it's kind of like, well, I've been drinking craft beer for X amount of years. I know what I want. Right. So. Yeah. Craft beer is definitely, uh, has craft beer changed or have we changed? I have uh, both. <laughs> both. Know, yeah. Like the idea of craft beer, like this idea of like experimenting and, and doing random, throwing cereal in a beer is not mm-hmm. new. Like it's something that made kind of made craft beer what it was at the beginning. It was like people just going outside of the norm of what you were expecting from beer and just keep pushing that boundary a little bit. Granted, it's gotten louder and bigger mm-hmm. and, and wider of what that definition means. But um, like I don't think that, I don't think that craft beer is a whole lot different now than it was then. I, I think that, think. I mean, well, I mean, there's a lot more breweries than there were. Yeah, there's, um, just, there's just more to see. And like the, when you have something that is, that is strange or that you disagree with or agree with, um, like it, 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 it's more in your face now because there's so much of it. Hmm. Yeah. I think, I, I hear think. What you're saying. Yeah. No, I, I think, I think that when you're, you know, looking at the landscape, I think sometimes stuff that stands out, stands out. So even if there's a bunch of people who have, uh, similar or going very mainstream. I mean, I think that maybe if I'm looking at like a Kroger set, right? I'm not seeing very many uh, off the wall beers. In sure, that's. <laughs> but I mean, I don't, I mean, they have a, a very wide variety of, uh, of both breweries and beer styles, and it's all, but it's all still fairly conventional. I guess you could be right that that's a little. You know, a bit of selection bias. But yeah, like if I if I want to buy something weird, I'm not going to Kroger. Right. Like I'm going to. There are other stores that I'll go to to buy something that's mm-hmm. a little kind of outside that normal. No, um, I, I think you're right. But I mean, like, okay. But then you're saying, but I think that's kind of to my point that it is still a specialty, um, maybe kind of market for these goofy ass beers that we love so much. Yeah, see, I don't even think this is that yeah. goofy. This is well, okay, but I mean like if this isn't that goofy, then it really is a very small that's, fraction of the, a, of the of the the beer scene that that's that a has. Good point. Yeah. I mean if if you're saying like, "Oh, well, you know, this is just a normal jelly uh themed uh mango pineapple passion fruit with uh goza, you know?" I mean, it's like that's not weird. It's kind of um, exactly what I am saying. <laughs> it's a great beer, but I don't yeah. think it's that crazy. Right. I mean, that's I mean, I think that's kind of what my point is though that like, you know, the um those those attract attention, and I think that the anger directed towards them comes from uh, a, a real place. But I think it's maybe misdirected because I think that the reason, really, the trend that people should be upset about is um, if you're uh, if you're a brewery owner. I mean, it's basically that how many more how many, your competition is multiplying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, is probably that's probably the case. But I mean, it's. I mean, I, it's a, it's a it's a tough, 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 tough time. I think um, that I think that's why people are like, "Oh, this fucking slushy beers are ruining me." Like, well, <laughs> I don't know. As but, I mean, COVID's another great scapegoat too. But it's like, but I, but yeah, but I mean, COVID COVID is a good scapegoat for while for for why you as a brewery are failing or why things aren't working out the way you want them to. Yeah. I think that the slushy beers or the, uh, the children's cereal beers or whatever you <laughs> want to put in there, like that's, that's almost an excuse for 
why the the industry as a whole isn't what you want it to be. Right. I, mean, I think I think you're right. I think you're 100 percent right about that. I think that's a because like it's a great example of how I wanted everyone to beat a path to my door and buy my beer, so I right. you know could pay this bank loan off and pay back the investors and pay myself uh, a salary and blah 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 blah. And that's not happening. And I also don't like these weird beers. So kind of therefore, it's yeah. their fault that- They're taking away yeah. the customers that should be drinking what I right. want them to drink. But I mean, at the end of the day, what's really happening is it's eight or nine or 10 or 12 other breweries that are that popped up at the same time that are taking Maybe. away your customers. Maybe. Or distilleries or for- Yeah, you know. yeah. Or they're, yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, that's, that's kind of the, the, that's kind of the problem is it's just- I mean, I feel like it's a math equation that, you know, that I think that it's- We can only drink so much. (laughs) It's exactly right though, isn't it? Only so much I can pour down my throat in a given day. Well, I mean, that's- And I I have to make a choice. I mean, the drinkers haven't changed and that's part of the problem is that there's just the people who, I think that we, I think there's, I mean, there's there's still, I mean, craft beer, I think is going to be fine, but I think that they're, the anxiety that that we're kind of talking about- um, you know, comes from a place that uh, we just didn't, that I think that it is a little bit more, um, it's less fun to talk about the, <laughs> you know, there's just, there's just kind of the fact that, you know, it's, it's, it's going to, it's just not a, a scene that has a, uh, a lot of, um, We're talking about multiple di- different breweries. I feel like it's just a little bit more of a. I, I don't know. It's, I'm trying. I'm trying to talk my way out of a, yeah. a, a kind of a darker place that I meant to meant to go with <laughs> when we were talking about children's cereal beers. <laughs> Things aren't bad. I think is the the like like craft beer is not in a bad place right now, but there are lots of craft breweries that maybe thought they were going one direction that didn't understand what they were actually getting into. <laughs> that is what I was trying to say. Thank you for, for saying um, that. Uh, I, need to, I need to go pee. Oh, okay. And before Let's we do that, we should take a commercial break. Let's to do thank it. this episode's sponsor. Do you know who sponsors this show right now? Is it the uh, Nut Guys? Oh, yeah, the Nut Guys. <laughs> Manscaped. <laughs> uh, this holiday season, I'll be giving thanks to our friends over at Manscaped. Everybody loves turkey and stuffing, but you'll be looking fresh with the help of Manscaped's Performance Package 4.0. Manscaped, who, as you, I'm sure, all of you know, they're the leaders in below-the-waist grooming, they have blessed you with the ultimate Thanksgiving dinner conversation topic. (laughs) That's right. Uh, You can tell your in-laws about your new cutting-edge ball trimmer and gift yourself, or maybe the man in your life, or whoever, I don't know, uh, the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Uh, trim your pumpkins by going to manscaped.com. Use the code GNOME for free shipping and 20% off. Uh, the idea of manscaping is, is kind of a scary thing, and I get it. Like, I, I'm there too. Like, the idea of taking some kind of razor down there, it's scary. It's, uh, you don't want to cut anything off. Uh, manscaped.com, they, like, they, they do this the right way. They have, like, this really great, uh, what do they call it? Um, they call it the advanced skin safe technology. There's a, a little blade that you can replace, a ceramic blade that you can replace inside the thing. Like it's, uh, it's, it's awesome. Like I 100%, I endorse these products. I think that it is, it's good stuff. Uh, if you, if you're afraid 
to 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 go all out just start start easy get the uh get the ear and nose hair trimmer um it's 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 simple it'll get you into it they also have all kinds of shower gear they have a scrubber thing if you don't want to use your wife's loofah anymore like it's a rubber manly looking scrubber and they make uh, body wash and deodorant and all kinds of stuff that you can use with that uh go to manscape.com and uh, you can get 20 percent off free shipping with the code gnome that's 20 percent off with free shipping at manscape.com use the code gnome g-n-o-m-e be thankful this holiday season for the best gift of all for manscape.com uh your balls will thank you I will thank you because we love Manscaped and uh, we appreciate them supporting Cincy Brewcast. My goodness. You know it's going to be in your stocking. A ball trimmer. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I wish that (laughs) for Christmas I was able to send a uh, Manscaped trimmer to every single person that has been on the show that had to sit through a Manscaped commercial just so it just shows up on their doorstep on Christmas Eve. Yeah, be much appreciated, you know. Um, You don't have to use it. You could use it to like to Manscape your face too. Like you could, you could do that or for like, I don't know, I guess you could trim your leg hair maybe too. Like it works for everything. It's it's, Yeah, I think leg hair would be lower on the list of things to trim. (laughs) I was trying to think of what else you would trim. I don't know. (laughs) You could just like the, that, that loofah thing. I'm, I'm dead serious. I think I, I, I'll be honest. I bought one from another company mm-hmm. like, uh, like years ago. Okay. I started buying these, like, they're like they're, I don't know what they call them. Like man scrubber tool things. Right. It's mm-hmm. like a, it's just like a rubber scrubber. Thing. Okay. <laughs> it's like something you would yeah. use on like a truck. Mm-hmm. Except you use it on you. Okay. And, like it's awesome. I don't know. No, it's on. Sounds love, great. Love landscape no. on the show. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's quite hard. an experience it's, to just uh, hard to, to, to hear you talk about balls for that it's long. Hard to, <laughs> it's hard to transition into it and out of it. But, <laughs> but anyway, yeah. let's drink anyway, a... About balls. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's drink a beer. Uh, it's a caramel co- coconut cookie pastry stout. Uh, that is a little bit more in line of the... Uh, uh, maybe some of the... Uh, trendy uh, things that people get mad about. This is caramel your, coconut cookie. Yeah, try to frown when you drink this fucking beer. Oh, <laughs> hell! This smells. So this is untitled art. Uh, it's a collaboration with Angry Chair. Um, this is a big deal, and we had a damaged case, so that's bad news for me. But it's good news for us. <laughs> good good so, news for me, right? Yeah. Now. Uh, this reminds me of. God, this reminds me, I have some kind of memory that I can't quite pull out that this just like that, that caramel. Well, I tried to put a little bit of distance between your sponsor and what this beer reminds, uh, is supposed to remind you of, and that is a, the Samosa Girl Scout cookie. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yes. We should definitely distance a little <laughs> bit that. I just, uh, I, so my, my five-year-old just mm-hmm. joined Girl Scouts. I had to mm-hmm. sign some kind of like, uh, like the morality clause or something. And so I'm hoping that have we can to get a few paragraphs in between <laughs> the sponsor for your podcast and talking about a alcoholic beverage, a very alcoholic beverage, by the way, 11.7% alcohol, but no, it really is. Oh, this doesn't remind me of, of Girl Scout cookies. This really? reminds me of something else. And I like maybe like a, like a Starbucks drink, 
Like maybe mm-hmm. like early days of like getting into drinking coffee. It could like be like a high caramel mocha kind, yeah, of, kind of thing. Um, smells amazing. It does taste like a caramel mocha. I also latte. I also don't eat the samosas. Like the, really? that's not my go-to. Why not? I don't. I don't know. I just don't. There's uh, maybe my wife eats them before I can get to them. No, these are the samosas are my favorite. Are they called the same thing in? both regions do you know this this thing that happens no, what, here what's going so on? we're like right on the line here mm-hmm. we're, we're already we're gonna go down another rabbit hole uh <laughs> with the girl scouts yeah uh, their cookies are made in two different places in the united yeah. states uh, i don't know where the both of those places are but mm-hmm. um depending on where you live you get your cookies from a different place okay um it goes even deeper than that so oh, no not only do they come from a different place they are different cookies Hmm. There are different recipes for several of the cookies. They look different. They taste different. They are called different things. I didn't know that. That line sits right here in this region. So if you live, we are on. That line. If you live in Ohio, you may get different cookies than people in Kentucky. <laughs> That's crazy. I don't know which ones are the. I think I somebody, do, I, that does sound correct. There My are definitely like, like, like crazy sounds, things. Yeah. Um, like I think. No, I, I, I can't pull anything out. I'll, I'll tell you after we start cookie season next year, I'll, I'll fill you in on all, all of right. the details. We'll have a whole cookie beer show. I could just sniff this beer yeah. all day. It's a marvelous beer. And it, I mean, I'm not really too concerned about, uh, I mean, it's not that sweet. It's not that. It's, it's not pretty even, sweet. It, you know, I feel like I've had sweeter, I guess I'd yeah. say. And there's enough flavor kind of backing it up. Where? So if somebody asked me, like mm-hmm. if I was just sitting at a bar, drinking whatever I'm drinking, eating mm-hmm. some wings, doing my thing, somebody comes up and says, man, what do you feel about a, uh, what is this, coconut caramel cookie pastry style? Girl Scout beer, yeah. yeah. I, mean, I, I have no interest in that. That's not mm-hmm. anywhere near my list of things that I would order off of a menu or probably grab off a shelf most of the time. Mm-hmm. This is freaking delicious. I know. This is so good. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Thanksgiving beer. <clears throat> this is dessert. It is a great uh, dessert beer. You, yeah. when your meal is over, that's good. Yeah, it's kind of, what I what I really <laughs> like about it too is um, you can you can drink this. You know, you don't want to drink it too quickly, but it's definitely one you can sip on for sure. And you know, if split it, if, like, yeah, splitting is a very good idea. Or you know. Just, uh, you can pol- you can probably polish one off. This is a yeah, great example of one of those breweries that has taken some of those things that I think that people sometimes think they hate about uh, this this new era of craft beer, you know, yeah. that we've been talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, and has taken it and kind of owned it. And, mm-hmm. well, you know, okay, like, we respect yeah. what you think. Try it. Yeah. I mean, it's, <laughs> and it's like, it, okay. Like, I'm I, one of those I get people. it. You know, and, and, you know, the the success of untitled art has been, you know, fantastic for us. Sure. And, um, I'm definitely one of those people who, this isn't usually the kind of beer that I'm gravitating towards and it is nice to share it. Uh, but I mean, it's so good and it's, you're not, it doesn't feel like you're getting that kind of like diabetes in a can <laughs> kind of thing, even if maybe, you know, perhaps. You yeah. Are. I mean, this is probably not the, if you're on some kind of a diet, this mm-hmm. is probably not the beer you should be drinking. <laughs> no. <laughs> No, but it doesn't. Uh, it doesn't jump out that way in the same way that some of the other ones do. Yeah, I. Uh, that, I mean, that, and that's why I wanted to try it, and I think it's great. And again, I mean, 
even untitled art, which is as goofy as it gets when it comes to beer. I mean, a lot of the stuff we're bringing in, it's still just kind of more conventional, like hazy beers, that kind of thing. Man, I like this a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You can take some home if you want. We got we had a damaged case. I can give you a couple cans. Ooh, I'm not going to turn that down. There you go. Uh, that's even better getting a ball hair trimmer <laughs> in your stocking. <laughs> um, let's talk a little bit uh, while we finish this because it's mm-hmm. going to take us a, a second to, yeah. to get through. Um, uh, kind of some of the bigger things that are happening right now. So mm-hmm. uh, beer festivals. I'm yes. in the middle of planning beer, booze, and bonks right. uh, again for the second year. If you guys don't know about that, go to the gnarlygnome.com slash beer, booze, bonks. You can get all that information. And, uh, and please come to the festival. Um, it's not leading into this questioning just to plug that, but uh, please go there, buy tickets. Mm-hmm. Um, beer festivals in the last few years have kind of um, <sighs> taken a different turn to where like they're not, they're not exciting anymore. Like it's, no. not, it's not necessarily fun to go to a beer festival in the way that it used to be. I have my thoughts on why that is and things that I want out of a beer festival and things that I don't. I'm curious to hear from, from you, some of the things that you think kind of beer festivals in general, like why people just don't care about them in the same way they used to. I mean, I think that the, it all, I, I don't know. I, I actually, when we were at Cincy beer fest in uh, the uh, FC stadium, yeah, um, that was actually, I actually, had a lot more fun at that than I thought I would. Um, Why? It's just good to see people. It's just good to drink beer, and you know, people are still really excited about it. It's good. It's, it's fun for me also to see industry people that I don't usually get to see. Right. They were all in one spot. Um, although not everyone goes anymore. Um, you know, we have Rheingeist Rare Beer Fest coming up, or actually just happened. Uh, <laughs> if you're listening to Whoa. this. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, but we have it coming up. We uh, it just happened, as far as you're concerned, um, and uh, that's a cool. Uh, I mean, the stuff they got in is phenomenal. Um, yeah, I I don't. I feel like we. I'm trying to think. I mean, it's. I know that attendance is down. I know that there's not. I mean, I'm trying to think that there's not. Is it I mean, that- how many how many festivals that used to happen are no longer happening? I don't. The ones that I went to, none, they're all still happening. The ones yeah. that I would go to, like I mean, Jungle Gym's got their Barrel Age Beer Fest coming up in January or something like that. Are they still doing that? Uh, I believe so. Yeah, I haven't heard about. That. I, don't oh, gosh. Been, I don't think they've announced oh, it. <laughs> I think we're. T- I, mean, I think they are. I'm not well, sure. I like that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it's it's basically um, we probably have. Uh, about as many festivals. Then is maybe a little down, but I mean, some of that could be COVID. Some of that could be, you know, there's a lot of breweries that they can, you know, you can go to that they have kind of like mini festivals and events and stuff like that. Um, I, I don't have a perfect answer. I think it'd, you don't, be, it'd be easy for me to say like with certainty. So this is the reason why, uh, but I think it's a combo of things. And I think that maybe, I mean, if the festivals are still going on, you know, uh, I don't Maybe it's, a little bit more perception than reality, maybe. What do you personally, like aside from the business and aside from all mm-hmm. of this, what do you personally, like if you're going to a beer festival, what do you want that to be? Like, what are you expecting from that? I really, I want to try new beers and I want to meet people from the brewery. Is probably the two things I want. I think that's a perfect answer. I think yeah. <laughs> two of the biggest things for me too. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I, I need something else happening too. Like I don't, I don't want to just stand in a room and just drink beer, be it, 
be it music or entertainment or something else happening. Like I just need mm-hmm. more to it personally. Um, but I, I, I think that I think it's just so different from person to person. It's been interesting trying to, especially on the, the planning side, trying to figure that out of why, why festivals don't feel the same way as they used to for me. Maybe you've changed. Maybe. My wife says I never change. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what about, uh, so let's talk locally, uh, Cincinnati mm-hmm. breweries. Yes. Um, I mentioned, was it last week when I was down at Alexandria, uh, at the beginning of the show, I told Andy that he was one of the more underrated breweries. And then, yeah. then I couldn't figure out if underrated was actually the word that I was looking for, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, uh, let's talk about Cincinnati breweries. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think we have breweries that are maybe underrated or yeah, underappreciated yeah, or, um, well, I think, I mean, I think that it is, you know, there is a challenge in appreciating everyone appropriately, um, trying to, to manage that. Um, but yeah, I, I think, you know, I was thinking, I mean, we represent Alexandria, Darkness, and Wooden Cask, all three Northern Kentucky breweries that I think are underrated for their own reason. Um, and uh, I remember there was uh, on... Facebook a long time ago, a kind of poll on who was the most underrated brewery in, in Cincinnati. And I think Ooh. darkness was up there. And I mean, my answer that we don't represent is, is nine giant. I think they make phenomenal beer. Do you, and they really, do you think they're underrated though? I, th- I know they are. I think that they get everybody that talks about this. See, this yeah. is where, this is where I get hung up. Mm-hmm. Like under, no one's rating them low. <laughs> that's my thing. But people, like, that's not enough people are rating them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because like, I don't, I've never talked to somebody that went to nine jam. Like, yeah, it was fine. The food was just okay. And the beer was okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was fine. <laughs> Same with Alexandria or, or any of these places. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think they're underrated. Like, I feel like they just don't get the recognition that they deserve. Maybe. Well, I think it's taste is so subjective. And so who could you, I mean, if there's a brewery that most people don't like, I mean, who are you to say that, well, actually those people should. Um, but I think, you know, with, uh, with, at least with Nine Giant, I think they're just, they're limited by the fact they only have beer in their tap room um, as far as their reach goes. Yeah. And, um, and that they don't have packaged beer. Um, and I think that maybe they, I mean, it's not that they don't do like popular styles. It's not that they don't, especially now with the fermentorium, they've got everything happening. And it's not that they don't have good, uh, a good location. I think it's just challenging. I think it's a very busy, busy, busy market and they have maybe, you know, just, uh, it's just, it's easy to see. I mean, I'm not sure who's being rated accurately or overrated, but it's easy to see how they maybe get a little bit lost in the shuffle simply because they don't, it's just what's going on there. And I think, I mean, the food, I think, like you mentioned, it's sometimes a backhanded compliment to say that a brewery has nice food. I mean, yeah. for them, I feel like I would go there if they were just pouring taps uh, in a garage. So well, I would go probably go yeah. there more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, there is, there, man, there's, there's a lot to unpack there. Mm-hmm. Like this idea that like, uh, you know, talking about like a brewery starting mm-hmm. out and like a young brewery that is focused on food in addition to the beer and like that difficulty from a, from a brewer's perspective of like being overshadowed by this other side of the business. And mm-hmm. like, I'm sure that factors into some other aspects of, you know, be it you're offering, you know, live music and that becomes kind of 
a thing that people are talking about more than the beer. Like, it, I got that is that has to be difficult as as a brewer coming into things, trying to <laughs> to balance that out. But um, I, I I'm I'm just like I'm curious if like packaging is part of that too. Like if, you know, people are um, hanging out on their patio this mm-hmm. time of year and you're sitting around a fire pit and you're taking a picture of you and your friends hanging out and there's, there's cans of beer sitting around. And so that gets people to talk about what, what you're drinking or you're talking about what you're drinking when you're posting that. If that is part of the thing, that perception of this place is getting more recognition than this place because it, of that. it can be challenging because we're talking about now our perception of other people's perception. Yeah, like it's not that it's not that Nine Giants beer isn't better than anybody else's beer or vice versa, but people are definitely taking more pictures and talking about I think Nine Giants beer, beer yeah. more I, than yeah. Nine Giant because there's more of it and they're drinking it in packaging and it's it's. You know, I mean, like I think Nine Giants beer is better than most people's beer. I think so. Yeah, I probably shouldn't say that out loud, but they are definitely one of. I'm a lager nut Mm -hmm. and I have drank some lagers in that brewery that have just blown me away compared to other things that are happening in town. So, yeah, I don't know, man. It's what makes, what makes a brewery (laughs) underrated or overrated. Like, I think that's probably the, uh, the bigger question. Yeah. I think it'd be challenging to think of a brewery that's overrated at this point. I overrated? Like, yeah, I don't know. Like, I mean, we're not going to, obviously you're not going to say it. And I, don't, I, I, I genuinely can't think of a brewery that's overrated right now. That would be, you'd be like, oh, wow. They, yeah, I mean, like definitely not locally. I couldn't think of one. If I really put my mind to it, I could probably pull some out like that, that I'm hearing about nationally or that I've tried things that I'm like, ah, this is, this is fine. But why is everybody talking about it? I guess it? maybe, maybe <laughs> just it shows like how, I don't know, like not negative, but I feel like people are just kind of, I don't know. I feel like the pop, a lot of the popular breweries in town make good beer. So, uh, do you guys, you guys don't carry Toppling Goliath, do you? No, that'd be cool. Okay, if you that's did. that's a good topic to talk about, though. So, because mm-hmm. they're one of those beers, and this is nothing against them personally, but they they get a lot of, of chatter. Yeah, and I just keep, and and this is a lot of different problems wrapped into one. Mm-hmm. But when I go in there, I I, I can't find fresh beer like it's all old oh yeah that's a huge problem <laughs> so i thought you were me, i thought you were gonna say that yeah i mean top so, and goliath makes phenomenal beer so to me you, yeah most of the that's a distributor problem most of the, the talk about toppling goliath is overrated like i i can't say that i've had anything from them that has blown me away really no okay well I mean, but that's top, top and goliath is Okay, I, I, Better I'm sure. I'm sure. Almost every local brewery. <laughs> fine. I have not seen that. I have not seen that. Well, because I mean, you're saying because as a consumer, you're finding out of code beer in the market or close to code or just but basically some of these people that I'm seeing talking about it mm-hmm. have to be drinking the same beer that I am. Yeah, and are still just talking about it like it's the greatest thing know. in the world. I now. get sued oh. sue from Cappy's Norwood that's in code. Usually, pretty good. I don't know. Um, who knows? You know, he could be living experience, but I mean, like, I feel like that's my example. Yeah, I, know, I, I hear what you're saying. I mean, I do not think definitely. I wish we had Top and Goliath. I think they make phenomenal beer. I'm not just saying that as angling to try and pick up their distribution. That's not going to happen. Um, I think they're very good. I think they make good beer. Um, yeah, but it has to be. I mean, you 
that's why code dates and you know right it's very challenging if you can't get fresh beer you're not going to get the same experience as you'll get from a local brewery well and there's and a fresh a fresh IPA there's made from like a pretty good brewery is going to be better than an old IPA from a great brewery there but there's there's a lot to that too like there's there are some uh local breweries that mm-hmm. their distributors are still not paying attention to date codes on mm-hmm. shelves, don't care about date codes on shelves. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> it, it is a challenge. I mean, when it's when it's in a retailer's, sure. sometimes that can be challenging. But a salesperson should be in there checking dates. But or if they yeah. if they if they didn't or they can't or whatever whatever the excuse is, uh, if a customer reaches out to you and says, "Hey, I just bought this off of the shelf, got it home, it tasted like shit." looked up this crazy weird date code that I can't understand without Googling how to read it. Uh, and it turns out that this was made a really long time ago, just a heads up. Oh, they don't really care about it. Yeah. It can be, that's a problem. Yeah, that is that's, a problem. That's a real problem. Several I mean, levels. That is a real, I mean, yeah, but I mean like that's, I mean, if someone did that to us, we would be in trouble. We'd be, and the salesperson would get in trouble. They should, and yeah. they should. Yeah. The salesperson should get in trouble. The uh, the brewery should be in trouble for making things so freaking hard for a consumer to understand how well, long beer is. Well, most people shouldn't. Yeah, most American breweries now, I think, are pretty much universally either a shame on them. Don't put any code dates on. This one's got one. But pretty much everyone puts a date, yeah. uh, Look, packaging date on there. I mean, this one is Best Buy, but I mean. Is uh, it really? You got to yeah. be kidding me. God. But also, like <laughs> I didn't know they did that. Okay, but 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 even that, it still gives me some kind of a date. Yeah, like it gives me mm-hmm. some kind of, uh, and and if they stand behind the date that's on it, that fine, perfect. Mm-hmm. Like that's all I need to know. Like I just need some kind of guideline that says, hey, this is what it's supposed to be, or it's not. And if mm-hmm. it, if if it says Best Buy, you know, two years ago, no, you don't stand by <laughs> this anymore, <laughs> and then that's the way it should be. Yeah, However, I think that, I, that's 100% correct. Uh, yeah, it's... Pretty much all of our breweries by... We enforce that you need to have a code date on there. Um, like an actual, like, readable for the consumer? Yeah, I mean, date most, code. Uh, pretty much no one at our brewery, no one out of our breweries use, like, a Julian, like a Julian date or something thing. like that. Um, I don't think. I didn't, I didn't even know that. I thought Untitled Art had for a very long time done... Uh, born on dates so i was surprised to me that they did a best by date especially funny for an 11.7 percent i would yeah i mean this is one of those things you find in your father like you give your father-in-law and like it's it's like they're like the next thanksgiving it's like, yeah. cool. <laughs> well, but the, maybe there's but there is something to like this beer is not going to go bad anytime nope. soon like it's you may have to kind of I mean, beer pretty much. It little, I mean, it takes little, decades for beer shake. to like, truly go bad i think you've seen maybe some of those who day have you ever seen the? the oh, I drank. The, I, the, I, yeah, I yeah. drank for my thousand, thousandth <laughs> check-in on Untapped back. I don't know when it was. Uh, I cracked open one of the. Uh, what year was it? one of the seventies once? Seventy was it seventy seventy seven. Is that right? No. Seventy Super Bowl. Yeah. That would be eighty one. No, it wasn't Super Bowl. Then one of the it was one of the seventies ones. One of really, the, okay. One of like the the weird opening ones, like the. That might have been eighty one though. No, eighty. There was there. The eighty one was the. Um, I don't think Houday, different style. Hootay doesn't go back past. I think Hootay is. I think it's, gotta be seventies. Hang on. I. I think I think that the Hootay cans were started on the the first Super Bowl run. I. 
right, hang on. Well, while you do that, I can crack a beer for you. Please do that. The last one, I tried not to do any duplicates. This is as close as it gets. This is Ninja versus Unicorn with Cryo Hops. (laughs) Uh, It's a phenomenal beer. It's it's warmed up a little bit. For this one, we're definitely going to have to rinse the glass. (laughs) For the uh, hour and a half that we've been talking, it has warmed up a bit. That rinse is a very interesting flavor. Nice, yeah. <laughs> All right, let's see. Stylistically, this beer is exactly where I am, though. Luckily, I've started. Oh, 1981, you are correct. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, yeah. That was that was my, this one here. Yeah, no, it's my uh, college roommate had that as a uh, pen and pencil holder. It uh, those, yeah. it didn't taste great. I also no, I'd imagine people. <laughs> I've seen people like like it would have like some gross like yeah. So sometimes I, I cheated. Stuff grow. Okay. I cheated a little bit because mm-hmm. I I saw uh, beer mumbo when he did his chug and um, don't say tapioca. And, and, don't say tapioca. Yeah. <laughs> when, when, when he did that, I, uh, I I I was I was there for that and I knew what I was in for. So I took like a like a little strainer guy, one of those little oh okay, kind of yeah, things, that is and cheating. I ran right through it. <laughs> no, I just want to try the beer. Yeah. Um, I also drank one of the um, uh, one of the uh, Christian Moorline Select uh, from eighty whatever year that was. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was bottled, so that was a whole different ball game. Okay. It was terrible. It oh was, no! It tasted like soy sauce, and it was just it was very bad. Yeah. I mean, it's not really meant to make it. Into the new millennium. No, no. I bought it. At like, <laughs> I think I bought it at like a like a flea market or something. So it's probably sitting in the sun oh, too, like just 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 baking boy. for like who knows how long, like yeah. years. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I don't think you're supposed to drink them. No, but. no, you're not. Well, you were supposed to drink them. You were just supposed to drink them a long time ago. Just not now. Speaking of which, I think next week, uh, Christian Morline, uh, we're going to talk to. The I was gonna, t- I was new, gonna yeah, just uh, bring that up. Yeah, I don't know if we call him Christian Marlin or we call him Sinbev or what we're supposed to call him. We'll I, talk about I, it next week. I would love to know because, um, I we have that this is my uh, my grandpa was a huge beer fan, and yes. um, so he has a he had one of those you know the, the Christian Marlin things that has all those what's not Christian Marlin, it's every Cincinnati brewery that right. existed. Up to like 1980 or whenever the thing was made. All those historic brands. Yeah, which I think that they all own. They own all of them. Uh, most of them. I don't, yeah. I'd have to go through those so one I think, by one I think, to tell you. I believe, uh, that would be fun. Um, I believe that that was, it was like 60 brands. There's a lot. Really, There's a lot that, that they really bundle. own. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's cool. Uh, and we're, we're, we're getting way ahead of ourselves mm-hmm. because we'll talk about it next week. But Yeah, I'm excited about this. They've started already... Uh, refurbishing some of those buildings and kind of getting them ready for whatever is next. Mm-hmm. I don't really know what's next. They haven't been, they haven't really talked about what's next mm-hmm. yet other than the fact that they do want to bring some kind of production back to the city. And they've started with the Cliffside Brewery. That's weird, yeah. And our, it's, they like restored the smokestack that says Cliffside. Hmm. And like they are, it's it's I, I like it I like it so I think much I think well I mean yeah it's right up your alley I love it but I, I love, love it too. No, I, I love it too because I think that I I mean almost all of the city's brewing heritage is in buildings 
when I talk about pre-prohibition, but yeah, they, it, I mean, most of it left. I mean, it did not survive prohibition. And to the extent that it did, it was then killed off by what was effectively the second prohibition, which was the rise of the large macro brands and kind of killed them off. You killed anything we had left right. off Wiedemann, Burger, you know, Hootapol, Christian Moorline. Right. Um, but I mean, you talk about German heritage, brewing heritage. Oh, My man. grandpa was the son of German and Hungarian immigrants. And, you know, he, his love of beer was still passed down to me. And now right. I'm a beer uh, business owner. So it does still exist. I mean, people still have it. I mean, Listerman's a great example. Um, you know, Dan Listerman's in the the, the German society that, and, and well, all his, that stuff, yeah. His, somebody mm-hmm. used to be some kind of a delivery guy or something for Felsenberg. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's small. And, you know, it's, it really did, you know, a lot of this stuff. And we, I mean, what's so interesting, Cincinnati didn't even really have a lot of stuff in the 90s. Cliffside's an interesting one. I mean, uh, the uh, the Bruce Guy's Happy Hour is a phenomenal, oh phenomenal, phenomenal that, podcast. That podcast is incredible. I did, I was, they were talking about, I, I haven't gotten through the final episode yet, but. Um, final episode is me. Yeah, I, know, I, was just saying, I haven't gotten to it. I haven't gotten to it yet. They're like, they're oh, talking about them. the gnome and I haven't even gotten there I yet. I got them all off track. Like, that's we don't even talk about anything. <laughs> But um, I think, I mean, I think when you look at, like, it's weird that Cincinnati didn't have any 80s or 90s breweries that kind of made it to the modern day. I think Main Street made it to, like, 2010, I think. Right. Yeah. Uh, um, Did, uh, so technically, uh, Barrel House. Well, maybe Barrel House is what I'm thinking of. Yeah, Yeah, Barrel House was, like, 2000. Because I drank Barrel House beer. I turned 21 Mm -hmm. in 2000. Six, I think, mm-hmm. and well, I you should know that. And I remember getting Barrel House beer. At like, Someone made it at like that, Ruby yeah. Tuesday, like 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 some of those kind of like chains locally. Like it was mm-hmm. there. There was that. That was the local tap. Yeah. Um. So it was definitely there, but mm-hmm. I don't know. If it wasn't it was, like a clean. It was not a perfect clean break, but I think there was like one time that it was just Barrel House and Mount Carmel. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, then, yeah. 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 But I mean, it's just, I mean, I think that would, I think that's probably why, you know, you saw such a big boom when you did was because there wasn't like an OG from, yeah. you know, earlier, you know, from 1981 to 2013, we just did not have a major player in craft beer yeah. in I Cincinnati. And well, it just in, in Ohio too, mm-hmm. like if you look at Ohio. Well, I mean, Great Lakes. Uh, Great Lakes was like 80... Great Lakes is in the class of 88. 88. So with like Rogue and Deschutes. And that's, yeah. as of right now, like I, I, as far as I know, they're the oldest currently operating brewery, depending on how you ask. Mm-hmm. Like that's 88. Like, yeah. I mean, that's, that's good. Yeah. But not for, not for what Ohio was. No, no, not at all. I mean, yeah. Like it, it's, it's sad that that's, like we should have a, a Yingling or somebody like that here like that should exist i mean they all got i mean yeah they I mean they all got shut down in the 70s and 80s 
And they didn't get shut down. No, I mean, they did. They, I mean, like, by, they, by competition, yeah. They shut down. Mm-hmm. They, they, yeah. they're like, so, oh, man, this is a this Do you is think it was, who, I mean, this company. is a great, I would it's, love to know. Was it it's, consumers? It's, were they the idiots? Business, or, yeah. business decisions. Yeah. It, was, it was, like, really thinking that you couldn't be affected by this other stuff that was going on. Like, you look at this other kind of industry that's that's blowing up and Budweiser and Miller and all that, and we, uh, it can't affect us. Like you don't think is, so? They, I mean, Hootie Delight was probably was made directly in response to Bud Light and yeah, Miller Light. Well, yes, but they thought that they could they could beat it because right. the name meant something here in Cincinnati. They thought that they thought that Budweiser couldn't overtake what they were doing here. Fun trivia fact that the same year that Bud Light was introduced, Sierra Nevada opened its source. Seriously? Yeah. Man. People always act like, oh, light beer is like this, it's like normal beer. It's been around forever. And craft no, beer is this no. new interlooper. But yeah, I mean, Miller Lite was 76. Uh, you know, but I mean, like, you know, Budweiser was already very, but man, was already even very that, light beer. Yeah. Like, it's interesting that Sierra Nevada or places like that mm-hmm. didn't have to or didn't, didn't choose to or were able to find a way to not play to that market, too. I mean, the scale we're talking about. No, but like to just to just to survive that, like yeah. because our places couldn't figure that out. Because at that time, uh, Hudipole Shaneling had already mm-hmm. shrunk down to this this minuscule size of what they used to be. Yes, they they could have been the you know Sierra Nevada of Cincinnati. <laughs> like they could have. Oh yeah, I hear cho- saying, chosen yeah. to kind of uh, rebirth the brewery as something else. Well. Yeah, um, I think that's just the the mindset wasn't even close to. That's not even, not even, that's not even close. Not even close. And that's the interesting part to me is the mindset, yeah. because I don't think it was. I don't think it was the the city. I don't think it was the beer. I don't think it was any of that. It was it was the direction of of where their 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 mind was. For I mean, what the, the, beer the difference should. between Cincinnati, Ohio, and Northern California, in <laughs> in 1981, I yeah. think that you're probably, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't yeah. think. And again, you're I talking about also uh, the, was, the equipment probably wasn't. I mean, I think the problem is there's a difference between starting small and growing and being big and then being shrunk. You I don't think, think you don't think that uh, Hudipole Shaneling coming out of the brewery on on Central Parkway mm-hmm. after Sam Adams bought it. Uh, and that was that was fifteen years later. No, when they moved to their other location on the the little, uh, um, they were on like a the dock down there. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, the, the coming out of that, they're gonna they, make a single hop Cascade Pale Ale. I mean, I don't know. You don't you don't think they could have? No, I mean, I it's I mean, in part because of listening to that great podcast, it sounds like I mean, I think that we just forget what large or sorry, like I forget I think we forget what like small manufacturing breweries were like. And it's just it's an alien species. I it does I, not exist. I don't, not I don't exist forget. I, yeah. I don't I don't yeah, know. We don't like I think I, we don't know. Yeah, that's a great point. Like we've not the like what what those breweries like 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 Yingling was not that was, I mean, it sounds like that was very common in the 60s, 70s, and 80s. There were still a lot of regional breweries. They weren't just, you know, all owned by a single company. Right. 
which is what it is now. I mean, basically, quote unquote, Pabst owns a lot of those regional breweries. Others got bought up, like some people buy local Schlitz entrepreneurs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically, when you're talking about, you know, the, I mean, these places were manufacturing plants. I mean, they were making, I mean, you look at Christian Morline pre-prohibition was making three times what Ryan guys is yeah. making now. Yeah. You hear some of that. Not even, <laughs> yeah. And not even Christian Morline. You, you pull out like one of those random yeah. like names that you've heard about, you know, yeah. I, I can't think of a good example to, mm-hmm. to not be told I'm, my numbers are wrong, but like they were all, not all, they, a lot of them were making like a ton of beer. Yes. Like more than Ryan Geist. <laughs> oh, and I mean, close, but I mean, you, you also look at like percentage wise, like local beer consumption of the alcohol market yeah, yeah, yeah. was like 60, 70, 80%. I mean, you talk about now, I mean, Local beer is probably, you know, 10% of the beer, local yeah. beer market right now. Maybe 15, 20, I don't know. And then on but, top of that, you've got the spirits market and, and wine yeah, and all yeah. of those but things. But I mean, I'm like saying it. like in Cincinnati, you know, 1890, if you're drinking alcohol, you're drinking locally produced beer. Yeah. Pretty much, you know, maybe a little bit of bourbon, maybe, you know, gin, other spirits and stuff like that. But I mean, it's, that's just what people were drinking. Right. Do you think, do you think beer is headed in a good direction? Um, it really depends on what you mean by that. Um, I think that when we're talking about, I mean, I think that like craft, I think basically I was talking to someone uh, who's been in the industry forever. Um, and uh, uh, yesterday and we were just, I was saying, you know, I'm going on a podcast and I was like, I am gonna have to mention some of this stuff, but I think that craft beer is going to be fine. You, you did but like pre-show research? No, we were just talking. I was. I, told, I mentioned him that I was. I mentioned to him that. I, mean, I just mentioned to him I'm going on a podcast, yeah. and I was like, "This is good. this is this is pretty good stuff." Oh, you know. Um, but with basically, it's like we think craft beer is going to be fine. I mean, I don't know if every craft brewery is going to be fine. I think when we, people have been talking about the bubble for, I interviewed for a job in 2013, um, and they said, you know, like the, the theme was craft beer bubbles coming craft beer bubbles coming we've been hearing it forever right and it's gonna pop you know and then all this i don't think it's gonna pop i think it's gonna ooze and i think that you yeah. <laughs> but that's, <laughs> that's, to me, that's maybe that's, that's worse it's really think, gross yeah. sounding <laughs> <laughs> i think i mean i think that like you're going to see i don't think you're going to see dozens of brewery closures but i do think that you're probably going to see you know trying to meet you know, new expectations. Well, and I, mean, I think that might involve some painful changes, I guess. We're, we're but I think already, the beer itself will be a-okay. We're already seeing it a little bit, right? I mean, we've mm-hmm. seen more closures in the last few years than we've ever seen here in yeah. Cincinnati. Like it's, it's it, I think it's been shocking for some craft beer drinkers to see the number of closures right. happening as they are. But yeah, I mean, I so, I mean, there's been like an unnaturally low number of closings from like 2012, 13 nationally to maybe a couple of years ago, there was like actually like a smaller churn, even though there's so many more breweries coming online. Right. It's actually very few breweries closing. Well, th- and that's what's happening so here too. Norm- yeah. You'll start having, like, it's normal for businesses to close. But like we had, so I'm trying to pull up some numbers here. So closures, um, uh, we'll go back to, um, we'll go back to 90, 1990. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Wallaby Bob's closed after being opened for 
like six months. <laughs> I would love, I would love to sit down and talk to uh, the uh, former head brewer who still is operating a business here in town. I didn't we'll, know that, really? we'll talk, Yeah, we'll talk about that. Um, <laughs> uh, we didn't see another one until 96. And even that is, I, I don't know if that date is accurate because that was Teller's who technically had a brew house in their basement when they first opened yeah. up. Technically. <laughs> I don't know if they ever actually brewed beer there. Um, Holy Grail. So you just um, like a liquor license thing then? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Holy Grail in, 80, in uh, 98. Um, uh, brew Works at the Party Source in 98. I didn't know about that. Um, that was down in the, uh, um, uh, the uh, what's it called? The um, Bavarians building there mm. that the Covington. Oh, yeah, and, yeah. Um, Hudibal Shandling merged in 99 main street closed in 99 brewmasters, personal brewery up in like Mason kind of up that way. They yeah. closed in 99 Oldenburg closed in 2001, 2005 Watson brothers. I'm not going to go through all of these. Um, it's mm-hmm. you're like one every like couple years. Yeah. But you're talking about a scene that had four or five breweries. Yeah. yeah. And then you hit like, 2017 before things start getting crazy, but that's also a year mm-hmm. that we had how many breweries opened in 2017? We had 15 breweries right. that opened up in Cincinnati in 2017. And then you had three that closed. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, that's, that's not crazy. Like yeah. that's not a bubble. That's, no. that's not a bubble by any stretch. Uh, 2019, there were four, uh, 2022 after COVID. No, I think I mean, the argument would be that the, we're in the bubble and, the closures are going to be coming up in the next I think it, years. I still don't buy it though. Yeah, I, I mean, think people have been saying it's been it's been imminent for as I mean as long as I've been in like the industry. I, I think that you're go, you're going to have places closed and even after covid we had three like actual breweries closed in 2022. Um, yeah, I mean that's that's the real thing. I mean closing <laughs> locations, three. yeah. And that was that then that's actual breweries. That's, you know, Rivertown, Rebel Metal and Off Track down in uh, OTR. Uh, but that's didn't um uh, the uh, guys up in Middletown close to? Oh, yeah. They're not on my list yet. Yeah, thanks for reminding me. Yeah, Sorry about that. That's depressing. <laughs> that, one, that one hurts me. Mm-hmm. Like, that hurts me, and, and not to take anything away from Rivertown, Rebel Metal, or Off Track, but yeah. um, I feel like Rolling Mill up in Middletown, they were on to something, mm-hmm. and they just didn't figure out how to, uh, how, to, how to connect that to... It can be tough, though. Gluten free beer, like nobody does that. No, there's there's a market there. They could have they could have been on tap everywhere. Whatever, that's that's the game, I guess. Well, I think, their their problems yeah. were it was it was not. Um, and I should probably sit here and talk to them about this instead of me trying to. Uh, yeah, you should. They had some that kind would of be a good episode. Some kind of family stuff. They had to go take care of a family oh, member, geez. kind of thing. Like they didn't close because the business failed. Depending on how you look at it, <laughs> they didn't close because uh, uh, because things weren't working the way they wanted them to work. It was because they had to go do some other stuff. I think. Mm-hmm. But what you, I should, no, I should but we're talking about yeah. That would be that would be great. Um, the uh, I mean, I think the argument. I I, mean, I don't think there's going to be a bubble that bursts. I just think that people are just going to end up right sizing but i mean right sizing their breweries but i feel like there's and i think it'll be painful i think it will be and frankly detrimental to the industry i think that it's gonna be not a fun place to work 
if places are trying to cut costs. And I think that beer has already seen a level of labor exploitation. Yeah. That, and I think that that may become more pronounced if there is, uh, you know, I mean, right now. You, you think there's already labor, labor exploitation? <laughs> I think, well, I mean, no, I think it's. No, there is. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that's what I'm talking about, though. I mean, the places that they've already asked, like, well, it's a cool job, you know. Um, so you can make little money. I get a and, shift beer. That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I think that that's a, you know, I think that if, you know, right now it's hard to do that if you can't, um, it's very hard to do that when you have unemployment at like 3.4%. Right. If you do see, uh, if the if labor market does get tighter, you know, things might, and it would be a concern of mine that, that kind of thing would be a little bit worse. I think you'll probably see people like, hey, you know, we're four guys in a brewery. Like, all right, now we're three guys in a brewery. And like, now two of those guys have full-time day jobs. And, right. you know, uh, it'll be, you know, start seeing like small stuff like that. Um, but I mean, at the end of the day, like, it's kind of, you know, I mean, it, it, you start a business and you kind of have to, take the good with the bad, I Adapt guess. Adapt and kind and, of and, evolve yeah. with it. Yeah. And I think that I, unfortunately, you know, part of evolution is, uh, death. And, you know, I mean, that's the, <laughs> well, okay. you, know, it's just, you know, like there's just some parts that have to, I mean, that's what part of natural selection is not everyone gets selected. All right. Who dies and, next? Um, no, man, I, I think that, I don't think that, I mean, I don't think that there's going to be uh, a great wave of, of closures. Um, no, but I mean, like, we're not done. Like yeah. you're, you're, you will see places. Here. But I mean, like, would we fundamentally be a, I mean, like if, I mean, like if you did have, um, uh, like a smaller number of breweries, it still would be a pretty good beer scene. Yes and no. It'd be sad, I mean, sad for yes, those people to exit, but I mean. Yes and no. Yeah. Like, like, yes, what is happening here in Cincinnati is exciting and it's fun. Mm-hmm. But like, I, I still feel that we are still not, and Cincinnati's a weird city. Like mm-hmm. it's not, you're not just looking at the city proper. You're not just looking at Hamilton County or, you know, Cincinnati as, a, right. as an actual the city. The like area. Yeah, like, Greater Cincinnati is a thing, right? And, and there's still a lot of pockets that just need that place that they can call their own, like a lot of them. And so, what like would I, you would you would you call any of this out right now? Um, I mean, uh, like I still think that, like uh, you know, I, I live in Fairfield, and we've got Swine, but mm-hmm. I think there there's still some other room around there. You know, be it Coleraine or um, you know, kind of. You're right about that. I mean, so that, like there's yeah. there's like there's not a lot happening up in that direction. Like it's still like you got to drive twenty minutes to get to a brewery. Like that's mm-hmm. I'm not that's bad <laughs> historically. Like we're still good, but mm-hmm. like it could be better. You know, if you live, uh, you know, somewhere on the east side, like it's not it's not that same case for a lot of people. You can get somewhere in five minutes. Mm-hmm. You know, I want that everywhere in the city. I want you to be able to get to a your brewery in mm-hmm. five minutes. Interesting. I like that though. And they and and what that brewery looks like is probably different than I think a lot of places thought they were going to be 10 years ago or mm-hmm. five years ago or whatever it was. There are consequences for yeah. misjudging. But it's, but there's, there's nothing wrong with being a, you know, I, I call out Fibonacci a mm. lot on this show because I, I think love Fibonacci. That, I think I my they, birthday there. they are brilliant as far as their model of how they do. Like they have no desire to be bigger than what they are. 
Right. Like they don't they don't want more, more beer across the city. Like it's just this neighborhood thing. But do they, you like I had to, I mean, there's a fundamental difference. They're gonna be at beer booze and bonks yeah. my beer festival. Mm-hmm. And the amount of poking I had to do to get them to let go of a few kegs of beer <laughs> to be at a beer festival. She's like, We don't do this. <laughs> I'm like, I know you don't, but I need your beer. I need people to know about you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like the amount of poking I had to do to get kegs of their beer was insane. And I, I don't know. And if I love this that. Is, I, love I don't it. know if this is a scab you want to pick at, but I mean the difference between how Fibonacci started and how a lot of breweries around the city started. Well, that's is fundamentally different. But yes, yes. I think that's kind of my cautionary tale for people: of uh, start slow. But I mean, and it's going to hurt. <laughs> and if and if 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 growth beyond that is is the way it should go, you'll see it, and like, you can you can get there. But start as slow as you can possibly. There, I mean, start. there are fifty-one individual brewing companies in Greater Cincinnati already. Is that an accurate number? I, it's, it's my number. I, it, as on, far as I'm gonna look at mine. As far as I don't in, even know where individual, to look for my- Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as far as it might be fifty even now, but as far as um, as far as actual companies. Okay. Go, um, as far as my uh, own survey of the market, but I mean that's. You know, you've, you've already have the, 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 you know, that's the die already cast at that point. Yeah. Um, and it's, uh, I don't, I mean that, that, I think that, that tension there is between you should have started this way and now here's where you are now. I think that's what we're talking about. We're talking about oozing. Oh, that's, yeah. that's what we're talking about. Well, you, you see those places that are trying to, and, 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 you know, we'll, I'll use Rivertown as the example mm-hmm. uh, because you know they're they're gone and that's mm-hmm. an easy one to kind of so they were in Lockland mm-hmm. doing their thing right just cranking just pumping out tons of beer the contract brewing all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. um, decided they were gonna like this is good like this is where we should go but I guess that's part of why the the split may have happened there but but so then they they moved to Monroe. And they're going all in on this idea of this cranking out tons of beer. And then the market shifted and it didn't really work out the same way that they thought it was going. Well, to I mean, happen. I don't think the market shifted. I, I just think it never really, it never really, I, mean, I don't think it just, there was never, there was ne- that, 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 that but, system was never, I mean, it was, there was way too much for that company that company as it existed when they went there but so the, they're in monroe they've mm-hmm. got this big production facility they're signed right. on with a distributor a big distributor right uh and and then they decide that they need to kind of dial things back and and that difficulty yeah i think it's part of it i mean like doesn't if, work. you know maybe if you maybe if you don't have as many entrants into the market you don't have that kind of tension i, mean, I feel like some of that was just you know, it's it's. But I mean, I think that when you look at the when you look at the people who have had to exit, I mean, how many, how many things had to go wrong for that to happen? But I think that I think that's maybe a reason why. You, so let's let's go yeah. Mount Mount Carmel maybe right. as a as a better example mm-hmm. of somebody who was everywhere. Yeah, a brewery that was. They were one of the first. They were one of the the, the original yeah. kind of. I sold OG. Mount Carmel for three years. Yeah, and this process for them of kind of pulling back in some regards and trying to get back into the tap room and kind of make that 
I mean, back into the tap Their room, home. they predated the tap room by six or seven years. <laughs> but, <laughs> but but that's but but getting into what they they mm-hmm. are now, because even when they opened their tap room, like it wasn't they didn't. Like, yes, they still made you know good money in their tap room, right. but it wasn't the focus of what they were doing. It wasn't the bulk of their business. No. Now they refocused what that means and what a tap room looks like and and what kind of money they can make in that tap room. And they want to sell their beer in house. Mm-hmm. They want they want you to be there buying the beer while you're having wings and hanging out and you know like it's 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 a different yeah but i mean i don't think that was yeah. it's hard to make that shift though yeah um, i mean yeah I think and it ta- yeah. it's it's taken them years and years and years to slowly kind of try to make that shift and kind of make it make sense for them no i mean i think that's uh the story of a lot of breweries life where the biggest issue was keeping up with demand and making sure that, you know, they had enough beer out there right. to, to, and then all of a sudden now it's keeping up with the, not, not, you're not keeping up with demand. You have to now create demand and yeah. keep that. And that was, you know, breweries, a lot of breweries got caught, you know, in that transition period where, okay, I just invested a ton in distro right. and now, I am having to now I've now we have to change everything. And some people just, you know, it's it's just it's a it, it's a fascinating thing to see, you know, where you are almost cursed with success at the wrong time and then you end up investing <laughs> in a you end up investing oh, yeah. in a part of the business that that is no longer viable because and again, I mean, I do kind of sound like a broken record here, but I mean, it feels like, you know, there's just it's hard to it's hard to design a successful model when you have fifty other people competing for a space that four or five people satisfied, in, God, four or five places satisfied. That's an interesting thought. Fifteen years ago, yeah. Without a, without a major, I mean, basically, I mean, a lot of the stuff has been running out out of town breweries. They used to have stuff in here. I mean, we were talking about it. Like, and there are places that had more interesting tap handles 15 years ago than they have now. Oh, 100%. Yeah. There, there are bars that, like, I have had on a list. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, I need to go here. Like, I've heard really good things about this place. I need to go here. And then I go there and I look and I'm like, oh, this is this is not at all what I thought it was going to be. And then I'm like, okay, well, this, I really on, don't want to call anyone out. But got, there's, there's two got, big ones for got me. Got on my list, you know. Yeah. Four years ago, of course, it's not the same as it was then. Like, Unfortunately, you know, I mean, yeah, it's it's funny that places that used to be, like, there's a lot of places that I mean, they're building an apartment complex where City Bev used to be, and that used to be a great place to get craft beer. Yeah. Um, the uh, I, I think it's 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 interesting to see that you know craft beer has almost gotten as it's become so popular, the places that actually really have focused craft beer programs are actually it doesn't feel like it's gotten any bigger and in some cases maybe it's gotten smaller i mean you do have places yeah. like i like higher gravity is a great example and cappies is another great example jungle gyms hasn't really fundamentally changed except for the fact that it you know it's much bigger than it was 15 years ago but i mean they've basically they made a big expansion about 10 years ago in the craft yeah. beer stuff and that's pretty much where it's been i mean where it was about 2013 2014 is pretty much where they've kind of kept it 
and it is fantastic beer. Go to Pint Nights there. It's it, it's phenomenal. It's it, just it's, it's very fun. It's very fun. Still, and you 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 know plenty about Jungle Gyms. You live right down the street. Yeah, but like they still like even like, they just need a bar. Like they mm-hmm. just need an actual bar where you can go sit down, have a pint of beer comfortably. <laughs> like this. Fairfield, you are kind of like in, you're in the kind of the thick of it. I hear what you're saying. Yeah. Eastgate's a little bit better. A little bit, but even then, like it still isn't like a, they don't have a bar, like a place oh, where I you hear can sit saying. and be comfortable and have a beer. And well, kinda... Eastgate's got the, the cigar thing too. I hear what you're saying. You can kind of, you can grab a beer and, and run off to a corner in, in Fairfield too. Yeah, you and can. you're not going to get a better deal. No. no. <laughs> it, it, you, the Crowbar, Kroger. Kroger, Kroger's, yeah. Well, I mean, their yeah. prices are cheaper than Jungle Gems right now on, on pints, Just which is gonna, which is crazy. Kroger, just, both uh, great customers of ours, and so I will not comment. <laughs> I'm just saying, <laughs> if you uh, this is this is my opinion and my opinion only. If you want to get a a pint of beer and sit at a a grocery store bar, uh, Kroger is is it right now, and really? I and I love you can't jungle, be, you can't be jungles I, you can't be jungles for uh, for a selection though. On there's only no, one no, there's no, only one no, Kroger that no. even approaches uh, Jungle Jim's for a selection, and it's nowhere near Cincinnati. Okay, so if you ever go to Kroger Fairborn, those guys got some fucking okay. I got some fucking beer on draft. I'm making <laughs> making a drive. <laughs> see a, you see hit a Yellow Springs at some point. Get, yeah. <laughs> Kroger Fairborn is by far our best uh, Kroger customer for draft. Oh, that's and fun. Not even close. Not even close. I'm trying to think of where the Kroger is in Fairborn. It's near the base. I assume that, but yeah. I'm trying to picture. Like I know where it's off the highway. I don't know. That's there's, there's a mire that I can picture up there. It's been a while since I've been up there. Stay mm-hmm. tuned. Stay tuned. We're going to talk about it on something. Go for it. Uh, we're like way over time. Like, yeah, it's like pretty brutal. It's like yeah. almost two hours. <laughs> but <laughs> sorry. Uh, what do you want people to know about Adina that you, you think that they don't know? If you've made it this far, um, I mean, oh, we, there are people that are yeah. hanging on right now, just waiting for something fun. Um, I mean, as far as Adina goes, I mean, you know, we, we really are trying to bring the best beer possible to, uh, to the people who, you know, I mean, it's, it's not just, you know, not just stuff from out of town. Uh, it's not just children's cereal beer. I mean, really, you know, I think we're, I think it'll be interesting Next couple months, we're we're trying to make some changes. We're going to bring some bring bring some new stuff in, and I think that we'll be more helpful in uh, in the stuff that we bring in from out of town. And then, always our our locals are are a huge part of what we do. If if legally, and I don't mm-hmm. I don't know that this could ever happen or is anywhere close to even something that people are thinking about. If legally, a distributor was out was able to have like a tap room. Yes, it's completely legal. It's obviously legal. If if that was happening mm-hmm. at some point in the near yeah. future, uh, would would that be something that you guys would would be interested in doing? Is, are, is this a sting operation? No, this is a question. <laughs> if if it was legal, yeah. like if that could, if happen, it was legal, no, I mean not at all. Like how cool would that be, though? It would be cool. I just don't want to. I just, I mean, okay, it would have to be legal and free. And if that was the case, yes. Well, it wouldn't be free, but I mean, like. It then would no. probably be good for your business to spend a bunch of money on a single location <laughs> that would be one. competing with my customers. I don't know. I no, I hear what you're saying. It would be cool. I'd love to do it. Just but. a show because and, and that's maybe mm-hmm. for me as a drinker. Like I appreci- it'd be like a brick and mortar trade show. Is yeah, because I appreciate so much knowing 
uh, you and knowing, mm-hmm. knowing what you guys do. And like, I, I trust when, like, when I hear that you guys are bringing something else in, I'm like, okay, I, I trust it. It's, mm-hmm. it's good enough for me at least to try like, yeah. to go out there and grab it. And like that, that means something. It means a lot for you to say that. Cause you're like the local beer guy. Yeah. But if like, if you know, Bob's distributor, whoever, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not going to name anybody out, but if like they bring a beer in, <laughs> if, if they bring a beer in, they're like, Hey, we got this craft beer. We're bringing it. Like, I, well, no, I, I'm, you, not, yeah. I'm not, I'm not, trying to get it like right. I, don't, but I, don't, I mean i don't we trust really, them we really do try to bring i mean it's, it's we really do try to bring in beer that people are going to give a shit about and the other guys sometimes just frankly don't like it's just, it's just they just they're like okay this is what the chain data says this is what you know x y and z right. and they'll just bring it in and he, the human element isn't a part of it right whereas with us you know we use untapped that's so. I, I want <laughs> but i want I wish for some kind of way for that to connect with consumers. More. We have a lot of good customers, but you're right. It's not like they, most of them don't say like, this is the Athena section. Yeah. Like that should exist. Every, every store that's listening, you should make a, an Athena <laughs> section like right in the front of the store. You walk in, you see this big display. You're like here's, here's the Adina selections for, <laughs> is that legal? Can you do that? <laughs> oh, you can say, you can t- some places do have uh, our name on the tags. Uh, I like that. I think Jungles has, you can see it's like ADN or something like that. Or uh, but that's like, a little code. Maybe but it's part of a code. Adina, like yeah. It's not like an actual like thing for consumers. I mean, if you, if, you know, once you, ADN, once you yeah. know. Yeah, you look at it, it's pretty <laughs> obvious. I think it's like, yeah, OVB, CAV, or CAV. Uh, I hear what premium was. I think it was PBS. Um, you, you can figure it out pretty easily. I, I'm going to start going to the highlighter and I'm going to highlight all of the beers. Yeah, I think Von Price, B O N, Ohio Eagles, probably, and maybe just be OE. I don't know. You can, you can usually find it. It's pretty yeah. easy. Uh, how do people learn more about Adina? Uh, social media, I think Instagram, Facebook, uh, listen to my many appearances on the Gnarly Known podcast, uh, Cincy Brewcast, I guess is actually what yeah. it's called. Um, I have many podcasts these days. Yeah. This is, this is the only one I ever appear on. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's about it. I mean, yeah. honestly, social follow, follow our social, social media. media. Yeah. Please follow do. on social media. And, uh, uh, it, when I see things that I think you guys need to know about, I'll try to try to pass it on. Like I'm bad about trying to reshare things and trying to stay up on top of everything, but I'll, I'll try to be better when I see beers that, uh, I believe in, I'll let you guys know because there, there's some really crazy stuff happening and then it's good. Like sometimes you might not, you, you might pass it up and you probably shouldn't. And, uh, that goes for at least one of these beers we had today <laughs> that I think I would have passed up that I probably shouldn't have. Um, Thank you. Thank you. I, I appreciate you making some time for me. I know that we like went way. Yeah, over we went way. It's all right. I uh, knew not to schedule anything after this. <laughs> There's, so. I, don't, I don't know what's happening in my pocket, but my phone is buzzing like you would not believe. Oh, so geez. I'm probably in trouble. <laughs> Hopefully not. <laughs> Uh, if you guys want to know more about Adina, follow him on social media. If you want to know more about this show or any of my shows or my things, go to the gnarly especially go to the gnarly slash support, because that's how you keep my wife from getting mad at me because that helps make all of this happen. Uh, we'll be back next week. Cincy Brewcast. It's the voice of Cincy craft. <laughs>